When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome to The Run Home on SENZ this Friday, the 3rd of February. Great to have you with us. It's Kim Downs in the hot seat today alongside my mate Mitch McLennigan. And a good day, Mitch, to have a uh, former black cap on the show with a test squad announcement this morning. What did you make of it? Oh, same old, same old. Favouring the South. <laughs> that sounds like a salty North Islander to me. Uh, no, we are. Uh, see, uh, Glenn Phillips has obviously missed out, which I was a bit disappointed with. Uh, I thought they were showing indications that they were trying to look at playing a bit more of aggressive uh, cricket under under Tim Captain mm. uh, Tim Southey's captaincy. Um, so I think that's a small step backwards. I think that's a bit stiff on his part. And, and the person who's still there is Henry Nichols, um, who had a, has had a horrendous tour um, and a little, or oh, very poor last 12 months as well. So, you know, uh, so I think he can count himself lucky. But um, Ish Sodi, geez, he's the real winner. Mm. He's the real winner. Um, goes away and has a has a good tour in Pakistan um, in some very favourable conditions. Um he he, bowled, he was patchy. He got better as the test tour went on. Um, he was obviously um, a very good asset for Tim um, towards the back end of that, that tour. Um, but I'll think about like last year. I'm like, Ajaz Patel, first test back in New Zealand, he gets dropped after taking 10 mm. for, and now he's being dropped after uh, having a poor series, but he gets called, called in to a New Zealand home series game. So I, I, I don't know what's going on because Ish's record in New Zealand's not as good as Ajaz. Ajaz is a very, very good bowler in New Zealand for a finger spinner. Um, so the only reason you'd be picking East Sodi in, in the test squad here in New Zealand is that you are going to play two spinners. Um, so, But they've picked a hell of a lot of fast bowlers in that squad as well. So um, again, um, I can't see any real clarity in the thinking behind the squad being selected. Um, but that's just me. And, and I was surprised to hear Gary Stead. Uh, we put him on Exile Island yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so the comms out there, someone left this. He snuck in a mobile phone. 
It's funny though when you were bringing up AJAZ because I read a piece very similar along the lines of what you're saying really about AJAZ Patel today, Dylan Cleaver's piece arguing that he is uh, you know, potentially one of the uh, most mistreated cricketers when it comes to the black caps that we have seen in a long, long time. Underutilised I think is probably uh, a better word for it in terms of someone who has a specific set of skills that yes or not necessarily uh, in alignment with, say, New Zealand conditions a lot of the time, but who has proven themselves time and time again, like you say, both on the domestic front and overseas, and whether we might regret in time not making the most of him when he's been in his prime. Yeah, look, I think unfortunately for ages, I don't don't see in the next 12 months at least Mm. him getting another real crack, um, which is sad. I think the New Zealand public deserved to see him play on mm. New Zealand soil and, and that ship obviously sailed last year where he wasn't even in the squad. So it's a bit of a shame. Big win for Ish. Um, mm. Big win for Ish. Um, but for Ajaz, I feel a bit gutted because he's a very, very loyal man. Mm. Very loyal man. And and he would have been doing everything he could to, to be in a position to perform for New Zealand. And yeah, I, I do feel for him. I really do. And uh, when it comes to the seamers, Cole Jameson's coming back in. They're, they're going to put a lot on Cole to, to perform straight up, mm. Kim. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. And, and they haven't picked a whole lot of swing bowlers for for the pink ball test. Um, and, yeah, geez, I, I think most, most of us have watched the pink ball test before. We know that it swings as soon as the lights come on. And you've really only got Saudi. Obviously, Kyle can, can swing the ball around. Um, so maybe he plays the first test and not the second. It is as well, I think, notable when you look at the, those bowlers and you look at this England team they're going to come up against, obviously have, have set the world alight really since Brendan McCullum came on board as coach, the him and Ben Stokes combination, the Bears ball scenarios and how aggressively they go about their cricket. When you look at the bowlers uh, within that test squad, do you see them having the power to take on England's batting might? I think the the conditions will be very favourable for our bowlers. I think we'll we'll play. It'll be very very seamer friendly. I'd say, which again, which to combat the way that they play their mm. cricket, England play their cricket. Um, you know, that's what you'd expect them to put out because as soon as New Zealand's notorious, like if you don't pre- like make those kind of wickets that are green and seam and swing around, that they just become very, very flat, good batting wickets, which plays into to England's style of cricket that they're playing now. So again, comes back to that, the conditions that we're probably going to have to produce, particularly with the atmospheric conditions that we've had of late. Um, I, I, I can't see why they've picked two spinners, but it looks like they're probably going to play them. <laughs> Well, also, I would like to say on the England cricket note, uh, a lovely little jaunt down to Queenstown for a few days, I believe. Chances of any cricket happening during that period? Absolutely bugger all. I mean, Baz was, Baz was on the show with Izzy and that the other day, I, I believe, and he was saying that he was taking him up to Taraiti. Nathan McCullum was host, hosting him up there and, and they were just doing a, a golf trip yeah, all the no, way no, down no, to no, Queenstown. They're just in the nets. Yeah. Nathan's just having just rolling the arm yeah, over uh, it in did, the nets. He did say, and I'm sure we've got the audio somewhere, that there wasn't going to be enough room on the planes to take the cricket bags down, but the golf <laughs> golf bags were getting priorities. So, geez, they'll have me be having a bloody good time. Oh, I have no doubt about that. Now, you did mention uh, and of course we're talking a lot about the, fo- uh, the bowlers Kyle Jameson back in the fold he was on Izzy, Ke- Izzy and Kempe's show earlier today Kempe asking as well about the state of the coaching group Oh yeah, yeah of course um, you know, it's not something that probably that I've really thought about because I think that's how much I guess, confidence we have in our group and mm. you know, as a whole you know, through the playing group and all the support staff so um, 
yeah, I mean, whether it's there or not, I'm not too sure. I mean, we sort of keep a pretty, pretty um, sort of tight knit circle and stuff. So it's you know, if, if there is that sort of stuff, it's on the outside. So um, no, I certainly have complete faith in our group and what we're trying to do and where we're going moving forward. I mean, every player, I guess, to be fair, will always have complete faith in their group because you can't say anything else. But what do you make of it, Matt? I'm asking you. You're a reporter. You've interviewed a lot of people um, over your time. Um, you're a big cricket fan. When when someone stumbles over their words like that, what do you what do you take out of it? I am loathe to overread into situations like that when I haven't been part. Like to to be fair, and I promise I'm not just trying to escape just to get out of giving an opinion on this. Uh, but when I haven't been part of the actual conversation myself, I'm get very weary mm. about context and that sort of thing. Uh, I think the next year is going to be interesting mm. in the sense that I think a lot of people feel like the Black Caps group as a whole has probably, in terms of this generation, peaked. There's been a decline. Like, you know, you can't really argue with the stats and the the wins and losses ratio Mm. from their most recent tour. I think we have a right to probably be concerned about what's coming up, not just in the the test summer and the rest of this summer, but with the T20 World Cup Mm. later in the year, where the answer lies for that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the interesting thing today was listening to Smitty's show when he um, interviewed Dylan Boucher, and then the response from our texters here on SENZ was about him, like uh, how refreshing it was to hear someone talking open and honestly about, mm. a CEO talk open and honestly about the game and everything that's going on. And um, I, I feel like we're not getting that in a couple of our major sports. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I think you'd probably get a, a lot more followers or even if even if people don't agree with your opinion, if you can be a little bit more open and honest and not as closed off uh, to the mm. public, I, I think you'd probably come off a little bit better in the media, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a journalist, so open, honest, transparent is everything that I want to see, let's be honest, but it's everything we all want to see. And you raise a really good point. Like, I think we've seen prime examples over the years of athletes and teams who respond even to negative stories and to criticism in that fashion come off a lot better. You'd look at Mm. maybe the Black Ferns, for example, during the World Cup last year. I would actually include the Black Caps uh, for, for many years in that group myself have often been lauded, uh, particularly during that kind of time from that 2013 to 2020-ish sort of period for their transparency, for their willingness to always chat. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're part of that, you know that well. So I, I think we have seen evidence of it working for teams and for athletes in the past. Mm. It would be lovely to be able to see it again. Would be, yeah, bring it back. But it usually comes back when teams start to lose, right? You have to win the public mm. back. So we might have a, a good year with uh, finding out about people a little bit more, see a little bit more personality. Yes. But yeah, there's a lot of other news around as well, Kim. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, Breakers Bandwagon, who's back on it? You're back on it. I'm back on it. Let's be honest. So I had the uh, I had the pleasure actually back in the day of being uh, the basketball reporter for TVNZ and. I got to cover the Breakers in some of their glory days. Now they're looking like they're going to be back in the playoffs. They have secured, well, not secured, they have put themselves in contention for a top two spot in the NBL. Top two means they get a home semifinal straight through uh, to the semifinals without having to play a play-in tournament as well. So that was after they beat Illawarra in a comeback last night. Mm. The big point of concern is that they are still having first halves 
like they did last night, which was absolutely dire. It did mean, though, that they got to come back. Here's Mauri Maor and Tom Abercrombie's reaction to that second-half comeback. An abysmal first half from us in every aspect. Down 16 at halftime. Yeah, very concerned. I think I heard a clipboard break in the other room, but he was calm once he came in. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. And Illawarra played well. Competed, made shots, played with confidence and swagger. Why? I need to go find out so it doesn't happen again. But the response in the second half was great. Both from an effort and from a focus standpoint. Showed a lot of character. With what this game means to us and how important it is to come into the second half and play steady, strong, consistent, keep them to nine points in the third quarter, it's good. We'd spoken about coming into this game, you know, they, they, they press a lot and we wanted to be aggressive against that and there's a, there's a little bit of a tendency, I guess, later in games to, to back off when you're playing against a press and I wanted to you know, make sure they kept attacking and um, was able to get a couple of layups and keep putting pressure on the rim, which I thought was you know, important for us in that situation. So when the game got away from us a little bit, we were down eight, seven, we went away from the way we do things. We started gambling, scrambling, leaving players, taking risks, not playing strong and silent. We also tried to play very one-action-oriented offense. We really went away from our characteristics, and this snowballed into a 16-point deficit. So my focus, or my request from the guys, was to just lock in to how we play. There's no 16-point baskets. There are no 16-point stops. It's just about executing. One play after the other, after the other, the right way. If we play the right way and we lose, we all feel okay with it. Usually, this team, when we play the right way, we win. I love that for a quote. There are no 16-point no stops. <laughs> I mean, never a truer word spoken, really. So, fingers crossed they can make it into that top two. Now, I think if my calculations are correct, they need Cairns to either lose tonight or if they beat Brisbane yep. tomorrow night then yep. they secure second spot yep. if, on the ladder. If, if Cairns lose tonight, then they've secured it. Home Happy days. Um, but otherwise, they just have to beat Brisbane. They're sitting down in ninth at the moment. But that, that third quarter um, last night was exceptional. 29 points to nine. Yeah. Um, so we've got Casey Franks on later. So we'll, he'll break that down for us as well. And I've just loved uh, a little bit of the NFL as well. It's been bloody awesome. And, and Derek Carr turned up at the Pro Bowl as well as in the accuracy uh, uh, segment of it for the All-Stars. And he ended up uh, winning it for the AFC. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> nice. Nice. Bro. That's bloody brewing, Kim. That's absolutely brewing. Good, good banter. And a, and a pretty terrible situation for Derek Carr as well. Obviously, he's still in Vegas. He still doesn't know where he's going. There are some rumours that he is going to end up at the New York Jets next year, and that should get confirmed in the next couple of days. But one of our correspondents here at um, SENZ, Morgan Freeman, had uh, a thought on the My referees. Correspondent. Yeah, the referees <laughs> during the, the, the loss to the Kansas Chiefs. I wish I could say that the Bengals won that game. And those refs let them be. I wish I could say that, but the NFL is no fairy tale world. 
That was his Shawshank review of of the NFL, the Bengals here. They just got pumped by I, the refs. They actually did. They got. It's like honestly, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were like the Boston Celtics are in the NBA. They're just getting every call going their way. So yep, I'm, I'm, I feel a bit sad for Joe Bar- Burrows. That sounded. Uh, who's your NBA team? Because that sounded a little bit salty there as well, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Ball, so the we haven't been the good Celtics for ages. are also a very good team, <laughs> yeah, just by are. the by, yeah, just yeah, by they, the by. Hey, you just pay off the refs, say it's not it's not <laughs> abnormal in sport. And and Peyton Manning, um, you know, he did a really nice thing for Tom Brady last year, and then he came out of retirement. You know, he retires the first time. I asked for his address. I'm like, I'm not going to just text you, congrats on this incredible career. I write him this, you know, eloquent, handwritten letter, cursive, mail it bottle of wine, right? Mail it. Congratulations. When you come back and play, I should get the letter back and the wine back. No, no. Tom's just keeping it, right? I mean, supposedly he reads the letter often just to see the nice things that I said about. I'm like, if hey, if he expects another letter, he's mistaken. <laughs> he's bloody classic. He's a beauty. He's an absolute cracker, Hayden Manning. He's he's great. Great viewing, actually. But yeah, I, I agree with him. I think he should get the wine plus something back. Absolutely. And what I do respect, though, is at least Tom Brady had the decency and the self-awareness the second time around to go, look, you actually only get one super emotional farewell mm. and one big storybook ending. And I've had mine. And so this time I'm just going to sit on a beach and kind of yeah. chuck my phone up say goodbye, and that's that. Look kind of lonely. I, I hope it's been worth it for him. Don't think so. Yeah, there was another really good article that I was reading earlier in the week actually was was very much about that and what he's, I guess you, I mean, I guess you say sacrificed. Presumably for him it was it was always worth it in order to, to fuel that competitive fire that he has to keep playing in the NFL, but it's it's hard to think mm. that you know, trudging through what was it like a nine and eight season in your last yeah. year w- was worth what he potentially lost over that. Oh well, yeah, he sounds like he's lost his family, but he could become the new Leonardo DiCaprio. You never know. How so? Only date people who are under twenty five. He could be that. I knew he could I was be going that guy. To asking that. Yeah, and they we, can turn up to events together with their uh, with the young dates. Hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, obviously last night we had uh, Sean Abbott on the show yesterday, um, and I think we put the jinx on him. Um, and we're, we're looking to send the SCG off off in the way we want to tonight, mm. um, being the last game of the season. Well, you've convinced me I'm all in on the Sydney Sixers tonight. You, Mitch, you going Brisbane? <laughs> oh, no, no, I won't go Brisbane. I'll go with you, Seba. Good. We've got it. Good Sixers one. all the way, mate. A few minutes later. It's four required now. Nisa does it in one blow. The Brisbane Heat in one of the great upsets. Knock over the Sixers on their home deck and make their way through to just a second big bash decider on the back of Michael Nisa. 48 from 32. He's the hero tonight for the Heat. Mitch, your response? Yeah, look, Seba sold me the dream. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those games, wasn't it? It was a low-scoring one, and geez, Michael Nessa, like with ball and bat, he's been outstanding. So I'm really, really looking forward to to the final this week or on Saturday night um, in Perth, mm-hmm. which will be an absolute belter. We've got Jason Berendorf on as well from the Perth Scorchers. So hopefully, don't put the mockers on him as well. So we're not going to mention that, okay? We're not going <laughs> to no, mention that when we are. speak. No, in absolutely, fact, I don't. think we need to probably replay that audio <laughs> to him. At least he will be able to know that you're so easily swayed when it comes to your picks, but I'm just not sure because we do have Mitch's millions today as well, and I'm just not sure 
if the punters are going to be able to trust mm. any picks that you make no, about the BBL. That's fair. We might take all the punters' that. picks. <laughs> but they don't all get the 50 bucks for Mitch's okay. millions. True. Oh, you are on the run home today with Kim and Mitch on SENZ. Thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone, stability meets the freedom to move. Flow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's the run home with Kim and Beeve. You are on the run home and on our Macca's menu, thanks to Mick Delivery today, we are talking all things TAB with Brendan Popplewell. Greg O'Connor is on the show in the next half hour as well. Then after five, Jason Berendorf joins us, the Aussie bowler, to talk up the BBL final tomorrow night. Mitch is still deciding who he's going to pick for that one. Working, working away. Casey Frank as well joins us on the show later on to talk about the Breakers and their return to the playoff picture. Then we've got New Zealand golf pro Cam Jones on the show later on as well. A cool story, actually, I think, Mitch, uh, Cam Jones is, and doing a lot of good work for golf around the country. We also, of course, have Mitch's millions. So get those picks into us on the Temper and Bedpost text machine if you want to be involved in what is normally our beaver's best but today, Mitch's millions. Pressure, pressure, pressure. That's thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Couple in already, Mitch, for your uh, for your millions today. So this is our four-league multi, for those of you unaware. And Mitch will pick three, and you text in one. If we pick your text, we'll pop on $50 at the TAB on that multi. Uh, and if we win, then you will get all the winnings from that. Yep, no, you're right. Brett's come in with Oscar Zawada as top goal scorer for the Phoenix with seven. The third equal Knicks, uh, the third equal Knicks are playing the Melbourne Victory. Yep, uh, Ricardo Ball's being very big on that as well. Reckons three dollars twenty for them to win is going to be very good. So Zawada to score and the Knicks to win is boosted to six dollars twenty-five. So that's a really, really strong start, Brett. And Mark's got one for you. Mitchell's Million slash Kimberly's Cashy. Thank you, Mark, for the credit, but I can assure you I take very, <laughs> very, very little uh, credit when it comes to this. Well, you haven't won yet. <laughs> uh, so what have we got here? Tribet, WNG v Scotland. WNG. Who have we got, team? Hey? Hmm. Jacob's coming on the line to Eng- try and... England uh, are playing Ireland, oh. but they're playing Ireland, so they're not playing Scotland. Oh, but that's the only thing I can think of. Because it's Ireland-Wales. Mm. Interesting. We'll, we'll, come have, back to, we'll have to get on the TAB machine, Mark, and figure out which one that is. Try bet. Either team win. Uh, negative 7.5, paying $2.60, and Big Bash Power Play. Both teams to have a run out, paying $9. That's not... Terrible. Oh, England. <laughs> All right, so the first one was England-Scotland in the tri bet there. Okay. Uh, apologies, Mark, but the WNG really threw me, and I was trying desperately when Mitch threw that one my way to figure out uh, well, how I, I was meant to yeah, yeah, the <laughs> But I was like, Wellington-Scotland? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, both good stuff, good stuff. So we've got two in, two in the draw so far, so there's a lot of opportunity for you to jump in and get involved for Mitch's Millions. I actually do like Kimberly's Cashy. So either or, you can be if you win it, you can call it what you want to call it. 
Oh gosh. Well, as long as I don't have to make the rest of the picks, because I don't think the punters would enjoy that at all. We'll get um, uh, the man with all of the details when it comes to this. Brendan Popperwell on the line shortly. First, though, here's Johnny Mac with the news. <laughs> Let's talk some punting, shall we? Brendan Popperwell from the TAB is on the line. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today, BP. Thank you so much for joining us. The chat of the office today, I'll hit you with this first up. Uh, the Knicks paying $3 against victory. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you it's been very well taken, that $3, and it's it's, uh, it's evaporated before everyone's eyes because... Uh, <laughs> Everyone's jumping on the Ricardo ball train here. Uh, it's now $2.88, and boy, we are taking a bath uh, around this. So might be one for um, Kim's cashy for sure uh, tonight. And if you are looking to include something, that would be one of them because what we're seeing here is one-way traffic in terms of betting uh, on the Phoenix. And when it comes to the other sports around, we're talking a lot of BBL today, that final tomorrow yep. night. Mitch needs some help after backing the Sixers uh, in that Turn prelim final against the Heat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a lot of traction out of this. Are we seeing much movement when it comes to that Perth-Brisbane final? Well, he wasn't he wasn't on his own there, um, Kim, with uh, backing the, the Sixers. Boy, that was um, a result that not many saw coming. Uh, they were very strongly played last night, the Sydney Sixers. Uh, but yes, the heat. I will say this: that it, all the money is for the Perth Scorchers uh, in this final. The dollar thirty-seven. Look, we know when they get to this position, they're very hard to beat, and especially at home. Uh, so all one-way traffic at this stage with them in the head-to-head market. I know you're having Jason Beridorf coming up on the program. Uh, there's a bet with Andrew Ty and Jason Beridorf to both take two wickets each in our power play market. That has mm. been supported at a quote of four dollars. Uh, it's already one of our um, special markets available. That has taken some interest already um, in the cricket. Of course, there's a cricket game that's supposed to be on tonight, but I can't see it happening because it is raining in Hamilton at the moment. Of course, that being the Central Stags versus the Northern Brave. Uh, the women's match currently is rain-delayed, and um, yeah, it's a real weather watch mm-hmm. there at the moment. But um, that's a quite an important game for certainly the Central Stags who have been on a bit of a slide uh, in recent weeks. But, um, yeah, certainly the, the, the focus cricket-wise is around that big bash match in Perth Scorch as well back. Perfect. Got any golf for us, mate? I know a lot of the tours are kicking off at the moment. Some golf, did mm. you say? Yeah, Ryan Fox, five under uh, last night. Uh, you know, any any kind of stuff around the golf? Uh, yeah, look, Ryan Fox, I will say this. Anytime Ryan Fox lines up in a tournament, he is always um, a, a bad result. Uh, and he's 8.50 currently in that outright market. And there's some, uh, some sweet tickets on a lot higher prices and, and will be... Uh, certainly our, our worst result there in the golf. Um, look, I haven't got anything else there. If you're looking for any other oh, other options, I'd go to the rugby, actually, the Six Nations. Ah. Better chat some Six Nations because Ireland, we're taking a heavy bet on them, $5,000 to beat Wales at $1.35. That's been our biggest bet so far uh, in terms of Six Nations rugby. Uh, and England at $1.27. Uh, to beat Scotland at four dollars. What was that try bet that punter came through with? What was the? It was it uh, was that England Scotland or WNG Scotland, depending on how you want to read it. Uh, if you are drawing mind blanks like me, either team to win uh, minus seven point five start. I either team to oh yeah at two sixty that that's currently priced at. 
Now, the, the, most of the money has been centred around England to win this by more than eight points. But, look, this is a New England team. What, what, what are we going to see uh, in their first match? So probably taking that 260 uh, either team under. Uh, look, there's only three options to take, but it's the second best played option uh, in that particular market. And there's a bit of value hovering around that 260 price. Winning team in margin, England 1-12, 270. England 13 and over at 225. And look, we have seen a little bit of interest for Scotland at the 1-12 to mark, which is currently sitting at 450. Mm, interesting, actually, now that you mention it, because obviously England will have their first hit out with Steve Borthwick, Wales uh, with the return of Warren Gatlin. So it's actually shaping up as quite an interesting wee weekend in Six Nations. We always keep a close eye on that in a Rugby World Cup year, don't we? Uh, the other one I wanted to talk to you about, BP, the Breakers. Did anyone manage to get on when they were trailing at halftime against Illawarra last night? <laughs> yeah, i tell you what, um, they did, and there were some juicy prices available. Uh, I was just trying to remember what the highest price was. I think there was, might have been a $3 quote, maybe three fifty somewhere around that mark on the breakers. And, and, and look, yes, I know that they were behind, but there was still some punters keen to get around that and hope that they would beat the bottom team of the league, and they ended up getting the job done. Look, there was a lot of support, and I feel for those punters in the pre uh, that had their pre-game bets on the 11 and over. And of course, they won that match by 10 points uh, in the winning oh. the margin. Sometimes um, the game, it can just be a little bit cruel. They did the business. They got back into the game. They won it. But those that wanted the winning team in margin, they were beaten by uh, one point. Oh, bummer. And they play uh, Brisbane, their last regular uh, game of the regular season, I should say, uh, tomorrow. We see much action there? Um, a little bit, yeah. We've seen sort of most of our money. Um, hang on, I'm just going to find it here. Hang on. Um, oh, I lost it, sorry. Um, where is it? Where is it? Um, bugger, I've lost it. Sorry, Kim. I've just no. lost it. Oh, here it is. No, I've got it. I've got it here. Uh, 405, yeah, the bullets. 121 for the breakers. The best back in that option so far already has been around them getting the job done by more than 10 points. Uh, I know the market will tell you that the dollar ninety two is available, but that's certainly been one of our better back plays. Uh, in the point start area, therefore, uh, the breakers. We'll tell you one bet that's come up too. Um, look, it's already rolled in, but just a point of interest. It was a match today, uh, and it was the Dallas Mavericks and the New, York, New Orleans Pelicans. Now, they had a punt, one punter laid down $10,000 on the third quarter to be over 57.5 points at $1.83. So just a lazy in-play 10K bet. I can tell you there were 58 points scored in that third quarter. Sheesh. So that punter rejoices with a nice little eighteen K in the account. It's about to get investigated, I reckon. Had the inside word, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh, that's unbelievable. The, conspir- <laughs> the NBA conspiracy is coming thick and fast from the uh, from the SENZ office at the moment. BP, thank you so very much for your time. Enjoy your weekend, eh? All good. You too, you too guys. Have a good one. Brendan Popplewell there from the TAB. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. That is R18. I enjoy my family time away. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Izzy and Kempe, weekdays from 6 on SENZ. I'm not a religious man, but one pastor who I do listen to is Ian Stockley-Smith. Smithy Sermon, about 5 past 9 every morning, Monday to Friday, here on SENZ. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. By organisation. We're
4.45pm, you are with Kim and Mitch on the run home on SENZ. Hopefully, whatever your run home is, it is going beautifully. Uh, If you're in Auckland, hope you're staying safe out on those roads. Absolute pleasure to have you with us this afternoon. And because it's Mitch in today, we are Mitch's Millions for our multi for the show. Mitch, what have you got? Yeah, we've got some good stuff actually coming through. Chris um, obviously listens to the show yesterday. We had Michael Pickens on. He is defending his uh, 1NZ uh, championship, sprint car championship down in Christchurch to, uh, over the weekend. He's paying $4.50. So that's a, a really nice one in there as well. Zaid has come in th- saying that he wants the Brisbane Heat uh, to win the Big Bash. Uh, I'm I wasn't going to read that one out, Zade. I'm still hurting from <laughs> last night. And that yours, your and Kez's uh, Brisbane Heat are in, in the final. So, yeah, I, I don't know, mate. Send another one through and you might be in with the chance because I, I don't think I'm going to put the heat in this one. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, get in on those Perth scorches. Actually, BP did mention a good one, I thought. Was it BP who mentioned that? The um, Berendorf, who we've got coming on the show a little bit later on, and was it AJ Ty mm-hmm. uh, to take two wickets each power play? Yeah, that's actually not a bad shout because um, at Berendorf at the top takes a couple over, uh, take it takes a couple mm. of quick ones, and then um, if it's a blowout, AJ Ty will clean up the tail. So it's actually not a bad shout. No, nope, I like it. I like it a lot. Time now, though, to talk some harness racing. Greg O'Connor is on the line. Harness racing. Get amongst it. HRNZ.co.nz. Greg, how are you doing? Tim, excellent, thank you. I know last week I gave you a weather report and I probably have to apologise because I was talking about how warm it was here and of course it was pretty <laughs> ugly uh, around the country. Well, it's 34 here today. Sorry? 34 degrees. You what? 34 three, degrees in Christchurch. Yep, 34 that would be. Um, so uh, we're hoping it actually cools down a wee bit because that's obviously not ideal mm. uh, for horse racing. I can tell you in the last hour it has uh, dropped uh, a little bit, but uh, gee, it was warm earlier on today, and um, the horses are pretty well catered for here at Addington. Though we've got a, a terrific stable complex, which is all concrete, and therefore it, uh, it keeps them pretty cool in there. And uh, the track uh, is in, in beautiful order, as John Denton presents it in each and every time. So um, that won't be a problem either. So, what are you looking at on the races coming up on the schedule at Addington tonight? Yeah, we've got a 10 race program and uh, they kick off, when's our first? It's actually not that far away, uh, 18 minutes past five and Nathan Williamson. I've got a bit of uh, a redemption work to do here because uh, last week was pitiful, um, as is often <laughs> the case when we come back from a break. But we can bounce back and with no beaver to get in my ear, I'm sure we will bounce back. Um, Nathan Williamson has a couple of chances in, in, in the first and last race, so he's got a chance to bookend the uh, the card, actually. The first race, Rise Up and Dance, is uh, a horse I was just talking to. Actually, he said it's a pretty nice sort of type, so um, I expect it to go really, really close to winning the first. And in the last, he's got a horse that won its last start called Hurricane Hendricks, so um, expect it to be uh, really hard to beat, too. So there's, there's a couple for you, but um, probably the better of the night, I think, and it's been well backed by, with the bookies, too. Uh, it goes around in the junior drivers race. Uh, Sonny Louie, we've tipped him on the show before. Didn't have much luck last week, but this week uh, he gets into a junior drivers race. His regular driver Sam Thorney's doing the steering, and um, he was four dollars eighty. I think he's into about three dollars. So uh, I reckon he's he's definitely worth having a bet on tonight. Race six, number eight, across the Tasman, uh, Kim. 
we have some Kiwi interest, not only tomorrow night in their big race, the half-million-dollar Hunter Cup, where uh, the two-time New Zealand Cup winner copy that goes round in it, along with Old Town Road. But tonight at Melton, so back-to-back race meetings in Victoria, uh, they have a series called the Great Southern Star, which is for the trotters, and they have heats earlier in the night, followed up by the final uh, some two hours later. So we've got one of our... Well, he's been a star of trotting for the last three or four seasons. Remarkably, he's probably in the best uh, form he's ever been. And he's been in this series before, and he's been placed. His name is Majestic Man. He's trained by Phil Williamson, and one of his other sons, Nathan and Matthew, are here tonight at Addington. But Brad is across the Tasman with him. Uh, and he's come up with Barrier 2. Now, that heat that he's in goes at 9.33. And uh, the heat prior to that, half an hour early. And then they do the Barrier draw, and... They run the final, I think it's about midnight New Zealand time, five past 12 New Zealand time. So it's a great concept. The final's worth 300 grand, so you're not playing for, for small fish there. And, um, yeah, I think Majestic Man will, will get his chance anyway. He's uh, going as well as any of those trotters. And tomorrow night, of course, for, uh, for Kiwi followers of Copy That, Blair Orange has gone across the Tasman to drive him again. Um, if he wins this, I think it's fair to say he's the best mm. going around in Australasia. Um, he was way too good for them in the Ballarat Cup a couple of weeks ago. He's come up with a beautiful barrier draw. I expect Blair to be pretty positive if he finds the front. He'll take all sorts of beating. So that's at seven minutes past 11 tomorrow night. And uh, racing doesn't finish there. We've got uh, grass track racing on Sunday for the Waikawaiki meeting at Omaru. And on the Monday, if it's a holiday, uh, we race traditionally at Amberley, out there at Rangiora on the grass. So go to hrnz.co.nz, Kim, all of the information's there, plenty of uh, selections, videos to have a look at, and, um, yeah, we'll we'll help you uh, find a winner or find one to back anyway. Oh, I love it, Greg. Now, a couple of things there. First of all, I hope you've messaged Beave to remind him about Blair Orange because he'll be uh, wanting to keep across that and copy that. Uh, secondly, I'll, I'd I'll actually, yep. <laughs> I'd secondly, I'd completely forgotten that this was a long weekend, uh, such as the state of life I'm here at the moment. To be perfectly frank, so thank you for <laughs> I, reminding me. I think it's me. understandable, Kim. To but, be fair, well, yep, no problem at all. Hope you've got some yep. nice plans. And I also just wanted to take it away, I guess, from the actual racing. A little bit. I was actually out at Alexandra Park uh, yesterday, Greg, doing a story up for, for my team up at TVNZ about some of the way that yeah, the weather has impacted a few places. Yeah, Alexandra Park. I was out there with the uh, Trotting Club president, Jamie McMinnon, and honestly, I, I mean, the track is, is a wreck. They've basically got to replace the whole thing. I, I trust the uh, the thoughts of the harness racing community very much with, with the people up there. Yeah, absolutely. And what's happened is the next month at Alexandra Park has had to be transferred to Cambridge. And I've seen not only your story, but uh, plenty of other photos. John Mm. Denton, who I mentioned before, prepares the track here. He's the national uh, coordinator for the tracks, too. So he went up there on Monday. Uh, He said he starts Monday week and it will take 10 full working days to uh, to get the track back. To where it needs to be for them to be able to race on it. So they've got their big uh, the yearling sales have been on this week for the thoroughbreds, the standardbred yearling sales uh, in about two and a half weeks time and they have their big harness million night was to be on the 17th of February so that's now to be raced at Cambridge with the sales on the Sunday on the 19th so 
there's, uh, there was absolutely no chance that they mm. could have Alexandra Park in the condition that it would need to be for them to be able to race on. But, yeah, some of, some of the footage out of there, uh, incredible. What basically happened was the grit from the track uh, washed to the inside and exposed everything on the outside. And, um, yeah, I, I don't even know that they knew some of the material that was that far down. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some work to be done there as there is in so many of the sporting communities. And um, I can promise you, having been through the earthquake mm. uh, over a decade ago now, I, I know how the community spirit can, can get around a region, and um, it's clear and evident that that's happening in Auckland as well. So, uh, yep, whilst we'll be racing at Addington Raceway tonight, we're certainly thinking of our northern counterparts. Well said, Greg. Thank you so very much for your time. Greg O'Connor there. Thanks to Harness Racing NZ. Live the dream. Get involved in Harness Racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's the run home with Kim and Beeve. Now, one of the frequent gripes that I have, Mitch, is that you get to this time of the year normally, it's Waitangi weekend, the weather's beautiful, you're going to the beach and people are starting to talk about super rugby season. It always feels too early, but if there's a silver lining uh, to the current weather system hitting New Zealand, is that actually... It does feel quite a bit like it's going to be rugby season, which is the perfect time to remind you that our Super Rugby Tipping Comp is open. Yes, SENZ Super Rugby Tipping 2023 is open. You cannot enter after the 24th of February, so get in there. You could win the ultimate NZ sports experience for you and a mate worth $2,500. Sign up and play now at tipping.senzradio.nz. I'll repeat that, Tipping dot senzradio dot nz I actually just signed up myself easy peasy piece of cake but you know what I logged in something annoyed me straight off the bat I'll be telling you about it a little later on Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome to the run home on SENZ with Kim and Mitch this Friday, the 3rd of February. Hope you're having a wonderful Friday afternoon or evening. Hope that whatever your drive home is, it is going spectacularly well. We are, of course, brought to you thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Big couple of hours coming up on the show. A Macca's menu thanks to Mick Delivery. Very soon we're talking to Perth Scorchers legend Jason Berendorf, Casey Frank. 
Frank joins us as well to talk all things NBL, particularly that breakers side. Kiwi pro golfer Cam Jones is on a little later in the show as well. And don't forget, because it's Friday, we have Mitch's Millions. So get your tips in for our multi today. And then because we like to give things out on a Friday, it's our Makita Caller of the Week coming up after six as well. That's thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! Yes, you know what that means. It is time for our feature interview here on The Run Run Home, and I am absolutely delighted uh, to be joined now by the Perth Scorchers legend bowler Jason Berendorf, ahead of their big BBL final tomorrow night. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Really, really, really do appreciate it. You must be absolutely fizzing for tomorrow. Yeah, not a problem at all. We are very excited here in Perth, that's for sure. It's... um... We've had a week, obviously, to know that the final is here in Perth. And, yeah, we're hearing lots of great stories at the moment about all the tickets going on sale. I think they're just about all sold out. Um, Yeah, so we're going to play in front of a packed house, and it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, I was reading earlier, 34,000 tickets, and they were just the the first batch on sale to the public, sold in four hours. That is remarkable. I imagine New Zealand cricket here would just be gobsmacked by those sorts of numbers if we could get that uh, that sort of number to a domestic cricket game here. What are are you expecting from the crowd, from the atmosphere there? Yeah, well, they're talking it's going to be a sellout, so that's sort of 50-plus thousand people, which is going to be outstanding. Uh, And it was pretty noisy, Last week when we had just over 40,000. So, um, yeah, the atmosphere we can expect is going to be electric. It's going to be a hot day here too as well. Um, But, yeah, we're absolutely pumped and we know our fans there. They come out in fourth and it's going to be loud and um, lots and lots of fun. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that, mate. You guys have been at Optus for a little while while now, mate. Um, You've moved across from the Wacker. Uh, which which of those grounds do you enjoy playing at the most, mate? And has, has the move been really good for you guys? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, Mitch, because the Wacker is just, it's the, the home of cricket in Perth. Mm. It's a, an amazing place, and I grew up watching it, um, games, games, test matches, everything at the Wacker, and it's, it, it holds an absolute um, prize spot in my heart to play cricket there. So it was, it was really tough to move away from the Wacker, um, and we found as well... Optus Stadium, we didn't actually start all that well when we first moved across. Um, mm. Just the, the surrounding things are a little bit different. Um, but now that we've sort of found our feet and uh, I guess played there for the last couple of seasons, to get 40,000, 50,000 people in there, um, it's one of the greatest stadiums in the world to play in. So we're, we're pumped to be playing there now. And we've had such great support. And, and that makes the world a difference because when you play in front of 5,000 people as opposed to 50,000 people, um, yeah, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. It's something pretty special. Yeah, pretty amazing feeling. I have walked the boundary at the Wacker, and as a touring team, New Zealand team, it's not the most pleasant place to be. I'd imagine having 50,000 people like that uh, West Bank at, at uh, the Wacker uh, beaming down on top of you uh, is not going to be the best experience for the Heat. Uh, do you remember the last time the Heat were in the BBL final, mate? Uh, the last time, like I played against them in, I think it was the O2 final at the Wacker, mm. um, which we we lost that game unfortunately. Mm. Um, so that was yeah back in O2. I'm not sure whether they've played in a final since then, but no, ten years yeah, ago, 2012. Do you remember yeah. your bowling figures? <laughs> 
potentially not great if you're going to bring them up. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were, they were actually all right. Two, two, two for 40, I think, uh, was, was your bowling figures. But you redeemed yourself the next year. Um, during that tenure, like, you guys were almost unstoppable at home, the Scorchers, mate. You guys were absolutely unbelievable. And, and I wanted to ask you, I know it's a, it's a, a question that's on everyone's mind around cricket. Um, Kez in our booth, our producer, loves JL. Um, he was your coach yep. at that period of time, mate. Um, what were the great things about um, JL as a coach for the Scorchers, and, and does he get a bad rap in the media? Well, the big thing for JL was he came and took over Western Australian cricket when we were at a pretty low point. We we weren't winning many games of cricket. Um, yeah, just the general work ethic around the pace wasn't quite where it should be for a professional organisation. Mm. And, and JL came in and, and whipped us into shape, which is what we needed at the time. Um, and so I look back on, on that period being a really like a tough period physically because we got, we got belted, um, but we needed it. And that was something that I still look at now and go, oh, that was actually the best thing for us. Um, and we were fortunate to have a bit of success early in the piece. So I think the first year Dale took over in a West Australian sense, we actually won the one-day competition for WA. Um, and so that was a bit of a, like a light bulb moment for a lot of guys going, well, I'm happy to work hard if we're going to win games of cricket and we're going to win titles. Because at the end of the day, that's what we all play for. And, and you know that as well as anyone. It's like, hmm. We're all about team success and team performance. Um, and so that was, that was huge for me personally, but for us as a group. And the way JL worked with us through that period, built our resilience up and built the team that we've got now. We've got so many guys that are still a part of our Scorchers group that have been there for a long period of time. Um, and that makes such a difference as well that we know each other so well. We've played a lot of cricket together and we genuinely enjoy each other's company and playing cricket together. So it's, it's a really nice mix, mate. And, yeah, there's a lot of credit that has to go to jail for starting to build that up in the first place. Mm. It is really interesting to get that perspective. I think uh, most Kiwis, and particularly probably after watching the Test Series, uh, the Doco Series, would have, yeah, potentially potentially different viewpoints. So I'm loving that perspective. Now, also in the office, we've been talking a lot to Mitch about his most memorable wickets earlier on. For you, have you got any of your most memorable ones? You've had, you've had a fairly long and, and quite story career, really. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, I guess there's a couple that come to mind. Um, for me, when I was my second T20 game for Australia, um, I actually picked up Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli. Um, <laughs> those two, those two to me were uh, right up the top of the list. That was pretty mm. special. Um, and then there was a game that I was playing for the Scorchers as well, where I got Chris Gale out. Um, so yeah, so those. Those three are right up there for me. Yeah, shocked that you've actually ended up playing for RCB and Mumbai. I see you're back at Mumbai this year. <laughs> uh, how excited are you to get back to uh, Mumbai, mate, and, and join up with um, our great Kiwi bowling coach, Shane Bond? Yeah, mate, I can't wait. Um, as as you know as well, like we had a great time there back in 2019. It was a, uh, a great period of, of my life in first experience in the IPL. Amazing powerhouse club like Mumbai and yeah, for me to go back there, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, there's a few familiar faces still there and, and there's a few new ones as well. But, mate, yeah, the IPL's a, uh, it's an amazing beast in itself and something that I can't wait to get back to, that's for sure. Never never played it with another team. I've only I had the pleasure of playing for Mumbai. But the, the other teams that you've been with, you've been with Chennai, who had Stephen Fleming at the helm. You were RCB last year where Mike Hesson was there. Was there much of a difference in terms of the culture or how those teams were run? Uh, so those three teams in particular, um, the way they were all run was exceptional. Uh, the communication 
for one, is really important. And, and those three teams did a great job. And the way that they took care of their players and, and look after everything from sort of behind the scenes to on the field was outstanding. Um, and yeah, I think what you're looking at there, mate, is the Kiwi influence was excellent. Um, so that was that was outstanding. But no, it was a three amazing franchises uh, to be involved in. And like I said before, really pumped to go back to Mumbai again next time. Let's bring it back, uh, Jason, to this game tomorrow. You obviously won the title last year as well, although under slightly different circumstances away from home. But does it feel different when you go into this defending the title rather than challenging for it? Uh, not really, to be honest. That's something we've spoken a lot about all season is that we don't actually want to defend anything. We just want to keep playing our attacking brand of cricket, taking the positive option and, and looking to win it again. Like We don't we don't sort of take a step back and go, oh, we're defending things. Um, so that's where our mindset's been all year. And, and I think it's shown with the way we've played our cricket. We've always looked to be positive and, and take the aggressive option and, and really take the game on. So we're certainly going to continue to do that again tomorrow. Yeah, a man who um, we are doing Mitch's millions today, a man who comes to mind who does always look at taking those positive options, he's got all the shots on the book, is Josh Inglis. Um, how important has it been to you guys? And and an actual fact, how how great has it been to see him perform all around the world and even for Australia the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been outstanding. Um, and he's been someone here in WA that we've seen for a long period of time and we know how good he is and um, to see him get that opportunity on the international stage was outstanding and, and he showed to the world what we've known for quite a few years now, which is so exciting. Um, and to have him back in our group for the, the whole tournament this year has been been super for us. Um, he's not only a dynamic batter, he can literally play 360. Some of the reverse ramps and stuff he's played this year has been ridiculous um, but also behind the stunts his angles in the field his club works exceptional um, yeah I can't speak highly enough of Ingo and he's an absolute asset for us mm. it's interesting hearing you as well talk about you know the 360 player that the batters have become you've been in this game for a while now how have you had to adapt as a bowler when you see the batting progress in that way yeah so you've got to just Number one, back your execution 100%. So know what you're going to bowl or at least have a backup uh, if the batter moves or does something different. But to change your delivery as well in terms of adding something to your repertoire. Um, so that's something that I've worked really hard on for the last few years in particular is to make sure that I've got a, a slower ball or a couple of different slower balls that I can bowl to certain batters mm. at certain times. Um, I talked about the execution piece before, making sure that you can nail your Yorker on cue, bowl a good bouncer, all those little things that you just need to have in your armory now as a quick bowler, because as you said, the game's changing, the game's evolving, and you need to make sure you're trying to stay a step ahead, otherwise you get left behind pretty quick. Yeah, that's great. That's what's made you such a, a great T20 bowler around the world, Jason. Um, look, there's a white ball tour to India coming up, mate. How, how are you feeling about your chances of getting on that tour? I, I know you were at the last World Cup. This is a really big, uh, big year in terms of leading into that one-day World Cup in India. Yeah, it is a big year, Mitch, um, and that's something that, look, I'd love to be on that tour. Uh, I love playing cricket for Australia, and if that opportunity comes, I'll certainly take it with both hands, but um, I'm not really thinking about it, to be honest, at the moment. I'm just trying to let all my performances do the talking, and if I can keep taking wickets for the Scorchers and for WA, then I hope my name's certainly up there, and yeah, we'll just leave it up to the selectors, mate. Uh, well, on that note, you might be able to address a bit of a question for me, Jason, because, you know, you come on these shows and... Obviously, you know, you've got a list of talents. You go, I'll oh, just give each of them a quick Google, make sure that I'm up to date with whatever's been happening with them. And when I Googled you, it comes up with, you know, the 
asked questions on the search engine and things. And the top one was, is Jason Berendorf a good bowler? So would you like to answer that? He's a very good bowler. I'll answer that for you. He's a very good bowler. But yeah, you can answer that one if you want, Jason. Uh, look, I'd like to say yes. Um, I, I, the thing for me is I've played professional cricket for oh, just over 10 years now, so I'd like to think that I'm hopefully doing something right, yeah. Yeah, I, I suspect so, Jason. I very much think that that is the case. And hey, when it comes to your opposition tomorrow night, the heat, were you surprised? Were you already prepping for the sixes? I know Mitch and his head already was for you. <laughs> no, we certainly weren't uh, definitely prepping for the sixes. We know that uh, the SCG wicket can be uh, a bit unpredictable in terms of low bounce, that sort of thing. So um, we knew it was always going to be a tough contest over there. Uh, the Brisbane Heat played played really well. They played the conditions nicely and um, yeah, certainly not a shock to us to see Brisbane in the final, but yeah, we'll uh, make sure that we're prepped and, and ready to go for them, that's for sure. And Jason, um, this is going a little bit off off uh, cue a little bit, but uh, you were right uh, ringside for Mitchell Johnson's first fight. Uh, <laughs> how'd he go? Yeah, he was right. He, he packed a punch, Mitch, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so he was taking on uh, Sola the Hulk Pulele, former UFC fighter, and mm. um, I know both of those guys quite well. So it was great to get down there, support them, and they were doing it for a great cause as well. Um, so both very heavily invested in the mental health space and raising awareness. So, um, yeah, I was pumped to be down there for those two boys. I think uh, the nature of the evening was not um, go hammer and tong at each other. It would have been really interesting to see if those two actually landed a few proper punches onto each other, mm. but uh, it, was, it was good fun nonetheless. Who do you think would win in a, in a similar matchup between yourself and Mitch? Oh, um, I'd have to give that to Mitch. <laughs> You're too nice, Jason. You're too nice. <laughs> He's an angry man, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, he can. Uh, he definitely fires up. Um, another question, Jason, just quickly before before we wrap it up, mate. Um, you, your boys are getting older now. Um, do they know what Dad does? Um, it's funny actually. So my my eldest Harris, he's nearly five, um, does know that Dad plays cricket, and he thinks it's pretty cool. Um, but it was funny. I was on the radio as well this morning, and they called me Dorf on the radio. And he says, "Daddy, why do they call you Dorf?" And I said, oh, "I was like, my wife said to him, oh, it's a nickname. Um, like last name is Berendorf. They shorten it to Dorf." And he goes, "I think that's a silly name." <laughs> so, <laughs> So I was like, that's all right, buddy. It's probably going to come to you one day, but that's all right. 100% <laughs> it is, 100%. Yeah, very, very original with the uh, nicknames in Australia, aren't they? And and I guess one, yeah, of, yeah. one of the other things, mate, is that, um, look, I, I've heard, as you've actually been around the office, and, and having been to Brisbane and to Perth, people are calling this the Battle of the Bogans. Um, what's your take <laughs> on that? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll take it. We'll um, Look, you never know, mate. There might be a few like stubbies and songs out there for sure. That's... Uh, that's guaranteed, but no, nah, it's going to be a, a great contest nonetheless, and it'll be a, a hard-fought one, I reckon. Oh, you can all get get together with a uh, beer at Bathurst later in the year just to kind of complete <laughs> that picture. Jason Berendorf there from the Perth Sculptures. Thank you so much for your time. All the best of luck uh, tomorrow night. Mitch, uh, you've got to be swayed, right? You'll be back in Perth. Yeah, I'll back one, mate. Let's go, Jason. Let's go, Barrett. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Have a good one. Oh, fantastic chat there, Jason Berendorf. Honestly, I'm, I can see how you and Kirst yesterday were easily swayed by having Sean on in terms of your picks because just based on that chat alone, I am scorchers all the way. He's a bloody good bastard, actually. He's, uh, he's, he's more Kiwi than Aussie, I reckon. Yeah, I suspect yeah, a few so of those. as well. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. Johnson's like that as well, more Kiwi than Aussie. Although if you're going yeah. on the Bogan theme, 
If he was a Kiwi, where would he be from, Mitch? Leave you with that. Stay in to watch the sport. Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. For Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years, it's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. New Zealand's only hope now is a six off the last ball for a tie. Long discussion. Well, it looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery on the last ball and bow it along the ground and be sure that it has not been hit for six. The umpires have been told, the batsmen have been told, and this is possibly a little bit disappointing. Let's make sure it is an underarm, but I've got the feeling it's a big ex-Victorian skipper. We're going to bow an underarm. We haven't believed it. That's a disappointing finish. Disappointed Brian McKechnie, the crowd boom. And it's all over. After 50 overs, New Zealand 8 for 229. Well, that's disappointing. Bruce Edgar saying, what's going on? But very disappointed, Bruce Edgar. At, at the moment, Howard coming onto the field. No wonder the New Zealanders are disappointed, and none of them more disappointed than their skipper, Geoffrey Howard. There he is now, talking with the two umpires, umpires Cronin and Weezer, and I know exactly the reason he's out there. He's played his cricket over in the United Kingdom with Surrey for a number of years, and the Benson and Hedges domestic competition there is a series of rules designed to make the game flow freely and to avoid incidents such as the one that happened here today. Now there is the relevant rule on page two and it says that no bowler shall be permitted to bowl underarm and that's what Geoffrey Howarth is out there talking to them about. It is not in the Australian Benson Hedges World Series Cup rules because the administrators didn't put it in. I hope they put it in by tomorrow morning otherwise uh, there'll be a lot of criticism for what was a disgraceful performance out there today. Ah, yes, the great Richie Beno's comments there. If you're wondering why it is our Razine Colourful Sporting Moment of the Week, that is because on Wednesday it was the 42nd anniversary of that infamous moment in trans-Tasman relations. I wasn't born for it and I still feel like I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, well, Richie uh, was adamant that it needs to be the rules needed to be ta- changed on page two. Uh, so, geez, <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I really miss Same. him. Mate. I really miss him. He was so great. Like we've got some great commentators now, but mm. he was just a legend. Listening to Test cricket with Richie Benno. Yeah, and even uh, Billy Birmingham as well. Twelfth man was bloody outstanding. <laughs> Billy Birmingham is actually probably one of the only good Aussie things to come out of that country, I think. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Don't you be telling Other Jason Berendorf that. No, no, I'm joking. I'm well, I said say. he's more Kiwi than that. But <laughs> yeah, geez, I, I was talking about this with Jacob before um, out in the office. I feel like the only thing that would help New Zealanders get over that would be beating um, Australia in a World Cup final. Hmm. And we just haven't been able hmm. to do it. I think we'd get over it. If we were beating them in the world event, but yeah, we're just not. So I, I don't know if we would. And I wondered whether for the sake of kind of taking a controversial stand on the show, I should get him behind 
underarm bowling and cricket, but I just don't think I can bring myself to, even even for the sake of creating an argument, well, sadly. You're prone to an underarm bowl, aren't you? Excuse me? Yeah, I only had my brother in the backyard because yeah. he deserves it. <laughs> Do you actually get down and roll it like a lawn bowl? Uh, well, I mean, you have a lot of practice. You know when you're playing bat down? Yep. You get a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah. And so that's inevitably going to come out as well when, you know, he's looking to mm. bash you onto the fence for six. Not over the fence because that's out, but onto the fence for six. Yeah, is that the worst moment? Or do we think Sandpaper Gate's gone past that? It's a, certainly the worst moment in terms of trans-Tasman mm-hmm. sport. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of that New Zealand-Australia relationship, sporting relationship, geopolitical relationship, you could argue, at the time, <laughs> the waves that it caused. Yep, in terms fair. of is it the worst moment of Aussie cheating, uh, ooh, I, th- I think so, just because it was so brazen. And mm. I know it's hard to argue that it was cheating because technically it wasn't in the rule book, uh, as was explained there. But the brazenness of it in that particular game situation to prevent New Zealand having a chance of winning, for me, makes it worse. Mm. Also, you know, because it feels personal. Again, wasn't <laughs> born when it happened. Irrelevant. <laughs> you know, fair, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. And, yep, uh, just an update on the um, the women's game as well, the Super Smash game between the Northern Brave women and the Central Hinds. There is, uh, thanks to Vertical Logistics, uh, we, <laughs> we are looking... We are looking at a five-over game. Actually, the Hines are out there batting now. They're one for one, chasing 38. Uh, the Brave got 38 for five, a five-over game. So, yep, but a hit and giggle to finish off that game. At least the sun's, well, at least the rain's stopped raining. Yeah, and I tell you what, there'll be absolutely no underarm bowling going on there. That is thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. It is 5.34pm, you're on the run home on SENZ with Kim and Mitch. Thank you for your time this evening as we head into another long weekend. Glorious, glorious scenes, although I imagine, Mitch, that you're uh, probably not getting much of a weekend, are you? You're normally a very busy man. Uh, no, this weekend um, I actually don't have any. Oh, actually, <laughs> I do have something planned. It's uh, my wedding anniversary on Monday. <laughs> Match. <laughs> Match. It's this chair, I tell you. It's this chair because I know B forgot about his. No, um, we are doing something for lunch uh, on Sunday because I will be working on Monday. Mm, yeah, and you yeah. will be making a uh, very romantic <laughs> surprise gesture oh, at this you point agree to make up for it all. to working on Monday, Mitch? Oh, no, I actually might bring the family in. Wouldn't that be great? Bring them into the office. Yeah, well, actually, make I'll a get, good interview. Kezi, you, you guys, Jacob, you're on Monday as well, Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. I reckon we, we can put something special on for a nice spread out in the office. Yeah. You could bring a And little, then we'll bring some food as well. Bring little Kobe into the booth. And just let her rip on the radio, I reckon. That'd be great, mate. Yeah, that'd that be awesome. That would be absolutely I, outstanding. Yeah, I, I know we're trying to bring up Casey, but while we're trying to bring him up, I was talking to you about a little story that we thought my baby, well, Kobe, was actually talking gibberish and speaking a different language. And we found out this morning that she was kept on repeating a word to open up a suitcase. And uh, then my wife goes, she's actually saying open in Italian. So... <laughs> 
So I didn't know. Kobe's been running around speaking to us in, t- in Italian. Mitch, it's actually yeah, unfair that at 18 weeks. months old, your daughter is already smarter than me. And me. <laughs> and me. Combined, actually. And, yeah, exactly. What a show. Yeah, she probably knows when our wedding, wedding anniversary is as well. <laughs> She's probably got a special surprise planned oh, for mum yeah, already. No doubt. no doubt. Oh, now we are trying to get Casey Frank on the line to talk to us about the breakers. But in the meantime, as well, uh, I want to talk some women in sport thanks to Vertical Logistics because the Black Sticks team has actually been named for the FIH Pro League. Now, it does feel like we haven't seen a huge amount of the women's team of late because one of their games against Spain recently got rained out, which is a bit of a shame uh, because it's also that legend Phil Burrows made in series with them as their head coach. But the FIH series here for the first time in three years uh, involves uh, the other teams involved, the USA and China. So, you know, hopefully not too many uh, geopolitical tensions. Liking that phrase today, are you? I am, aren't I? I think I think I might have made the mistake of thinking I sounded intelligent, and then yeah. once I got insecure again after hearing about your eighteen months yeah. months old speaking Italian, Italian uh, then I suddenly felt like I had to bring it out again. Use the big words, right? They play in Wellington uh, later this month, as I mentioned. So Phil Burrow is settling in uh, at the moment, but also wanted to point out the key return of one player. Now her name is Liz Thompson, uh, Mitch. She's been a defender for, for quite some time now, but has spent the last year rehabbing a knee injury. Mm. She's now in line for her 200th test. And I just want to tip the hat to her, really, because, I mean, as you would know, much, much, much better than I, coming back from any sort of injury can be awful. Uh, and one in which you have to rehab for that amount of time when you're already 199 test black stick. Mm. The frustrations, I, I mean, I can't imagine. You would have had your share of injuries, and so I just I feel like hat tip to Liz Thompson yep. for putting in that effort, for putting in that work to come back to that team that she clearly loves. Yeah, definitely, and uh, I think probably love is probably the right word there because, you know, a lot of, lot of these these women are, are not full-time professionals mm. and, and you're doing a job at the same time, and mm. it's not like, some of the men around that have got full-time contracts. Yeah, really good um, point. That you're actually just, you're getting paid to come back and play sport. Mm. It actually takes a lot more to come back and, and uh, return to injury to play your 200 tests. So, look, uh, Liz Thompson, hopefully uh, she gets on the park and, and has, a, has a great game and enjoys that moment. Yeah, that would be really wonderful to see and hopefully the women can bounce back as well uh, after that loss to Spain last month. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. Five forty-four PM on the run home with Kim and Mitch, and last night the Breakers moved into the top two on the NBL ladder with a comeback win over Illawarra, ninety-one eighty-one. They will secure a home semi-final if Cairns lose tonight, or if they can beat the Brisbane Bullets tomorrow. Here to talk us through all of it uh, is the man, the myth, the legend, Casey Frank. Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Gosh, it must bring you a lot of joy seeing the Breakers back in this sort of playoff picture. Uh, Just really happy for them as a a team, the players especially, who have gone through so much over the last couple of years. Uh, They've they've obviously put a lot of themselves into this. Uh, You see the emotion that Moore was overcome with Mm. uh, after that game when they secured it. And uh, 
it's a, it's always a it's good when you're watching from afar and you put a lot of yourself in it to watch these games and give a lot of yourself to a team you know that it means so much to them as well Casey, um, Tom Abercrombie, he spoke after the match that, you know, going into the Brisbane game, that they, they if they take it too lightly, that they could find themselves in a, tr- a little bit of trouble. Do you think that's what it was, that was the how they get off to such a poor start last night? Was that kind of mentality? I think uh, since that first game where the Breakers really took it to the, the Hawks, the Hawks have really improved on understanding what kind of team they are, and, and they really know how to take advantage of their skills, and they just happen to give the Breakers a lot of problems, especially Tyler Harvey, you know, the way he controls games and with scoring. And I think the way Froling played last night, uh, they did certainly jump onto the, the Breakers early uh, with their size. I think it surprised them. But as the game wore on, uh, it was really impressive how the Breakers were over, able to overcome that and, and really t- turn it up defensively and find a way in that third quarter behind Brantley and Rupert. Now, Mitch mentioned Tom there, and I did want to ask you, Casey, about him as well, because... He's, you know, the leader of this team. His numbers aren't anymore what what they once were, but clearly he still has so much influence and impact from a leadership perspective. He's been there through it all, you know, the great times of years past and also the low times of the more recent years. What does it say about him that he is still standing at this level and potentially leading this team back to a final series? Uh, I mean, it's pretty special for Tommy, uh, a guy that, you know, I've seen come up from, you know, a 17-year-old at Westlake he, when he first started training with the Breakers and to, to get through seeing the Breakers from, like, the first professional team he rooted for, watching that first game, to become one of the all-time greats who's going to have his uh, number hung out in the Raptors, to get another run towards the end of his career. Uh, and that's, I think, what everybody plays for. But even more so, I think, uh, not just his leadership, he still has such an effect on the court his defense. It's so crucial to what they do uh, in terms of their identity on that side of the court. That he has to be that leader off the court. He has to be the leader on. And, uh, I think uh, just extra special for him being such a, a local kid who's seen it in his backyard the whole time. Now, there might be a few listeners uh, listening to us about this, mate. The Breakers obviously get on the bandwagon uh, coming into finals and, and want to watch the games um, all throughout the playoffs. Um, one guy who's really impressed me this year has been Derek Pardon. He's been exceptional, on, particularly on the defensive end of the court. Uh, what impresses you the most about Derek Pardon? Uh, he really just puts himself in a position to succeed uh, on the court. He's always in that right spot where you're supposed to be for the dish off from a big, uh, as a big when a guard penetrates. Uh, he's great on the glass. His work right there is second to no one in this in this competition. And you know he's an undersized guy. He's probably. Six seven, uh, maybe listed at six eight, but he's got those long arms, like a seven three wingspan, seven two wingspan in that in that area. So he makes up for it with that. Uh, this has been really impressive. Understanding his role and defensively, I think that partnership between him and Brantley has has been the core to the team's identity on that side. Where you know all the advanced statistics and the raw statistics are really dominating. Let's talk as well about the head coach, Modi Mayor, because as you mentioned, you know, he was pretty overcome with emotion uh, after they notched up the 16 wins that they needed to know that they were going to be in the playoff picture. His first year as head coach, what what do you hear in and around basketball circles about him and, and what has put him in this position where he's created this team that is going so well? Well, he, you know, he's coming in that up in that European system, you're going to be really well-versed in, in tactics and, and the X's and O's. And I think when he was able to come over, when he did with the Breakers to support, uh, you know, one of his mentors, Dan Shamir, mm-hmm. I think being that assistant uh, enabled him to learn how to 
uh, I think relate to the players in a way you have to in this part of the world that you don't just you, you don't have to do the same kind of uh, personal relationship work in Europe. And I think because of his age, because of the position there, it, it taught him some great lessons that the guys love playing for him. He really understands them. Uh, he's passionate. Uh, he, he doesn't ask anything of them that he doesn't do himself and the players feel they love playing for him. Hmm. Do you feel genuinely that this could be, I suppose, you know, you, you look at it when the, when the team's on this sort of run at the moment and you go, I wonder if this is a bit of a, a return to the glory days. Could this be the start of something really special? Well, that's always the hope. Uh, I, I think when, when you're making a franchise and a team, uh, you know, this club that the Breakers are, they've been able to be successful for a long time. But but the simple fact is you got to chase every chance you get. You know, you never know how many bites you get at the apple. This looks like a good one. You know, they're chasing second. They've got a really good opportunity for it. Uh, they can close things out this weekend uh, and get that win, regardless of what the Kansas Titans are able to do. And that gives them, a, 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 you know, one less step on the uh, on the ladder to try and get to that top. We had um, Dylan Boucher on earlier in the day talking about um, obviously re-signing with ESPN um, for the local league here in New Zealand. How how great has the exposure been in the NBL and obviously our local league here um, for increasing the, the quality of basketball and the players that we're seeing taking the court because the NBL just seems to have been going to another level in the last two or three years. Yeah, I think in terms of coverage, it certainly has. Uh, it's highlighted not only uh, the the increased level of import we've been able to draw because of the proximity to the Australian League and uh, the, the pathway that it gets to a higher level of basketball professionally, but but that's uh, the highlight of the talent of, of the Kiwis you know, that have been coming up. And we've got a lot of guys using that league as a stepping stone to college system in the States and coming back and using that as a, a, a way to hone their skills in the offseason. Uh, some guys making it their career. Uh, and it, it's great that the, they're able to do it in front of in front of the limelight now. You know, uh, it, it's been uh, around for a long time since the Breakers became professional. A lot of guys have used the, both those pathways to create a pr- pretty special careers, and uh, it's been great to be a small part part of that myself and watch strength for strength. Okay, so one of the great New Zealand basketball exports and Sean Marks was back in town recently, doing a bit of scouting from the sounds of it. You didn't get a chance to catch up with him by chance, did you? Yeah, ever so briefly, uh, you know, saw him on the uh, other side with his uh, director of scouting. He brought over as well, uh, amongst many other scouts who were in attendance on, on that evening to, to watch the talents of Raymond Pair, uh, among other players. I think uh, uh, in these games, but uh, yeah, it was great. Great to see him. Always, always, you know, have a lot of fond memories of watching him from afar when he played for the Tall Blacks. Although I never got to be his teammate, he's still uh, been so welcoming to me into that that culture. So it's a uh, Always a pleasure to see him return. Do you get a feel who they're who they're keeping their eye on? Uh, well, it's certainly Rupert. I, mm. I think uh, where he's falling in the draft, uh, you know, right now he's in the twenties. That's somebody that, that I think a lot of people are interested in. Uh, you know, or, or he, he seems to be just outside of that lottery period and or uh, a spot. And his skills defensively uh, are really impressive. I think uh, against uh, Illawarra in that third quarter, him along with Joel Brantley led the way with their defensive intensity, but turning that into offense on the other end. and To be that silky smooth with the, the growth his body gone, has gone through to get to this stage and scoring transition like he does, the shot looks really smooth as well. He's looking like a very legitimate pro, pro prospect. Uh, but he, he wouldn't be the only one. I think Brantley, he, he's got a, a chance to return to the league as well. You know, he's a Utah Jazz first-round pick, and he's trying to use this as a stepping stone to get back to the place he believes he belongs. 
Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch their careers evolve. It's it's always fun and you hope they go on to great things, not least so that we can uh, claim them as a Breakers original. Casey Frank, thank you so very much for your time. Always appreciated. Your insights uh, are always fantastic when it comes to basketball. So really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Uh, you as well. And, uh, always a pleasure to talk hoops. Fantastic stuff, uh, Casey. Gosh, he's... Uh, uh, one of the great men to talk to in the New Zealand mm. basketball scene, I think. One of my favourite tall blacks, actually, as well. Uh, when he was when he was playing, not least because of the you know the naturalisation side of things that appeals to me in a mm. sentimental sense. Yeah, geez, he was proper, wasn't he? He was proper. Um, I didn't get to ask him if he enjoys the pink, pink uniform from the Breakers. Surely, surely, <laughs> we all love it, don't we? We'll be yeah. back right after this. On to your seats. It's the run home with Kim and Beeve. Uh, just about one minute to six o'clock here on the run home on SENZ and let's talk Warriors memberships because we here at SENZ are so excited to be partnered with the Warriors for the upcoming season and it means that you can catch the exclusive Warriors preseason fixture on Thursday the 9th of February by becoming a member today. Today people use the code SENZ23 SENZ23 at checkout to receive 10% off. Visit warriors.kiwi to find out more. Memberships start at just 25 bucks. That's basically the price of going to the movies these days for a membership. So get involved, get amongst. I mean, surely at this point you sit here and you go, this is their year. Don't worry. A little too far, Nick. <laughs> you were doing good up until that. Oh, look. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Hey, just after the news, we are going to be talking some Kiwi Pro Golf with Cam Jones. Looking forward to that one. For now, here's Johnny Mack. Flow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome. It is 6.04 pm. You're on the run home with SENZ thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Kim and Mitch with you for the next hour this Friday evening as we look forward to the long weekend. And it's a good at last hour of the show as well on our Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery. Very shortly, we are talking to Kiwi Pro golfer Cam Jones. And then now. 
get your texts in on the temper text machine because we will be calling for Mitch's millions shortly after 6.30. He's been working hard during the show getting his picks together, so do make sure you get your pick options in if you want to be involved with that. We will also have our Makita Caller of the Week giveaway, a $250 Makita voucher up for grabs there. That's all coming up in the next hour, thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Time to talk some golf now, and I'm delighted to be joined at the moment by Kiwi Golf Pro Cam Jones. Cam, thank you so very much for your time. Now, do have to ask, you know, you're up there at Golf Harbour most of the time. How is the course looking in this weather? Um, by all accounts, I actually think it's pretty wet at the moment, as I guess most of all is. Um, I haven't actually been up there uh, too much recently, but uh, I think it's been closed like like most other courses across Auckland, but by all accounts, they're opening up for the weekend, which should be should be good for everybody. What do you golfers tend to do when it's, you know, absolutely miserable outside, you can't be hitting balls around? What What's your go-to option? Um, I guess for me, like, I'm pretty lucky. Where I do a lot of my teaching is a place called Sweet Spot Indoor Golf, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I can spend a lot of time in there. Um, but it's a good chance, I guess, just to do a bunch of admin work, eat some planning and um, head to the gym as well if, if I've got time. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I did did see you with one of the language boys the other day, uh, one of Ian Smith's adopted sons. Uh, how's he swinging the Correct. golf club? Oh, he's swinging it pretty good. Um, Seb, Seb, he's a pretty handy golfer. Hugo's got a little bit of work to do, but um, yeah, it was good fun actually last week at the wedding. Uh, somebody was there with his two boys as well. It was a good night. It was, it was a lot of fun with the boys. That's that's bloody awesome. Um, I guess since since the pandemic, mate, um, there's been a big influx in and your casual golfers coming into into golf. And and you're a golf coach. Uh, where where would you suggest that people start on their golfing journey? Um, oh, it's been pretty crazy, man. Like the last couple of years has has like the whole time when I was doing my PGA apprenticeship, it was the whole narrative was that golf was dying. It was an old man's game, that kind of thing. But over the last couple of years, there's been a huge influx of, you know, people my age, sort of mid-20s, mid-30s, and um, yeah, I'd say the lockdowns probably had something to do with that, but I also think now, you know, people wrapping up their golf and their cricket and footy and all that sort of stuff, uh, not their golf, sorry, but their cricket and their footy, um, golf seems to be a pretty good bridge or a good way to, you know, keep hanging out with your mates, stay competitive, and, um, you know, I've been pretty lucky that um, a lot of people have been landing on me to try and help them with their golf, and, um you know, it's, it's it's cool. It's um, you know, it's probably one of the most popular sports these days. It seems to be everyone catches up for a beer and that. So probably similar to you, Mitch. Um, you know, get out there with your mates and mm. have a bit of a hit, bit of a laugh, and maybe a couple of beers as well. Well, when it comes to that age group taking on a bit of casual golf, Cam, I can count my fiance actually uh, as one of those. Not wanting you to give <laughs> away too many of your trade secrets uh, or all your okay. living for that matter. But have you got any tips out there for the? Uh, Look, I'm loath to call him a weekend hacker, but let's be realistic. Yeah, well, you just did. Oh, it's a good. It's a good question. I think the thing with um, you know, the game of golf is those players probably can attest to that. It's it's not something that you just pick up overnight. So I think mm-hmm. having patience is probably one of the biggest um, skills attributes that makes a good golfer. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something you've got to put heaps of time into. Um, you know, it doesn't happen straight off the bat, but. You just got to stick with it, persevere with it, and you got to. I think you got to love it as well. The good and the bad, because you know, like you don't always play well. Um, you know, most of the time you're probably not playing your best golf. So I think if you can learn to enjoy, you know, the good days and the bad days, I think it makes you want to stick around a bit longer as well. You say you, you do a lot of your coaching indoors with a simulator, mate. And um, you know, how if people are looking to get into golf, is that a really good first step rather than getting straight out onto the course? 
Oh, I definitely think it's a it's a good step. Like I even think just like you know your standard driving range and stuff like that's a good sort of entry point. But um, you know I think the fun thing with simulator golf, like I was a little bit skeptical at first, I guess. But you know one thing with that, especially if you can go to a place where you can you know, play and play around a nine thing with your mates, is that you know all three or four of you are standing right there, you know roasting each other, having you know good <laughs> shots, bad shots. You can have a beer, have a pizza. Um, it's a it's a pretty cool way to you know socialise and get into it. It's not like you're walking off looking for balls in the bushes and things like that. So um, it's definitely a good entry point. And I've noticed a lot of people that you know you know probably appear that they've never played golf before um, tend to start there. And then if you know if they've got the bug for it, they feel what it's like to hit the middle of the club face. They um you know want to take it outdoors and go from there. Doesn't sound great for the waistline. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably not good in that sense, you know, not getting your cardio in, but, um, you know, it is is what it is, mate. I would assume as well, you know, as with many games like darts, like pool, if you're playing simulator golf and you've got a beer, then you're only improving with time. Yeah, I I guess that's the case. I've never played darts or pool, but, um, you know, I should probably... (laughs) You know, probably quite similar, quite a similar sort of vibe down there. Well, bloody good, mate. Hey, you're you're involved with uh, the Kiwi Golf Club, and and for anyone who's looking to get into it, mate, uh, you guys do so. You do a twelve month affiliate golf package. We do, mate. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, it's a pretty cool sort of concept. Golf New Zealand sort of came on board and supported us um, to get that off the ground. Like we started off, um, you know, doing some events up and down the country, probably ten or twelve events a year. Um, you know, down in Christchurch, Wellington. Um, Auckland, up in Waipu, uh, we've kind of been all over the place and then, you know, to have the ability to, um, you know, give those golfers that are sort of new to the game an opportunity to get handicapped and then if they can try a few courses out and then, you know, they might find that they really enjoy one particular course, which will hopefully encourage them to, you know, join up as a full playing member. Um, yeah, it's Kiwi Golf Club's good. It's, it's got about a four or 5,000 membership on, on Facebook. It's a pretty active community. Um, and you know, with the the membership part of it's one thing, but the main thing for us is just trying to, you know, have a, I guess, a, a port of call for people to, um, you know, ask questions, post where they're playing, and you know, we've had a you know a number of people up and down the country, you know, put a message up on the Facebook group, say, hey, I'm in, you know, Waikato for 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 the weekend. Where should I play? Who can I play with? And then you get you know half a dozen responses, which is quite cool as well. We're talking a bit about you helping other people on their golfing journey, Cam. I'm, I'm actually quite interested in yours as well. Can you tell me a bit about how you got started in the sport? Yeah, um, I guess the snapshot version is, you know, I played I played a ton of sports growing up and golf was kind of just one of them. And I had, you know, my dad and my papa were both golfers. Um, they grew up in Wellington around, you know, the Kapiti Coast as well, playing Otaki and Paraparomu and that. So um, I was quite lucky I was exposed to it early. And then um, when I was probably... You know, nine or ten years old, I started playing a lot more, like nine holes, eighteen holes, and then for my eleventh birthday, ended up getting my first membership. Live pretty, live pretty close to Pukeki Golf Club, mm. and um, you know, as soon as I, you know, as soon as I was old enough, my parents trusted me to walk to and from the course. I pretty much just spent, you know, every every day after school there, um, get home at nine o'clock at night, and you know, did that pretty much every day for probably you know three or four years before I kind of got any good, um, and then sort of got into competitive stuff from there. It kind of just progressed, and then. Um, yeah, that's uh, I guess that's the snapshot version. But um, you know, I was pretty lucky that I had people around me that were playing when I was real young, and it was just yeah, as I said, one of those sports that you know I just kind of just picked up naturally. Well, last year you were back in contention on the Charles Tour, mate. Uh, you were leading after I think round two of uh, Murawai. Um, how how was that yep. being back in contention and competitive golf? It was cool, mate. It was cool. Um, I've played well at Murawai the last couple of years, or at least had one or two good rounds to get me sort of in the mix, but. 
unfortunately, the game you know wasn't able to hold up under the four days. Um, but yeah, late last year, um, down in New Plymouth, ended up I think finishing fourth, uh, where I had the lead after the second and third rounds again, and it, that came as a bit of a shock. Like I hadn't played for two or three months. I was actually overseas on a, on a trip, um, and just hadn't been playing a lot of golf, and then sort of went down there. You know, just to kind of you know test the waters and see how the game was, and funnily enough, the game kind of just started clicking and um, played real good and played with Josh Geary, Mike Hendry on the over the weekend, and um, that was a real cool experience, like being in the final group with those boys who are probably two of our best tour pros. So, absolutely love that, and um, you know, I can't wait to you know kick the the Charles Tour season off again um, in a couple of weeks' time for me down in uh, Manawatu. Now, you actually just said something there, Cam, that just warmed my heart about New Plymouth uh, because that is where I am from. So okay. <laughs> so when you talk, though, courses throughout the country, uh, what, what is your favourite and, and why is it in New Plymouth? Oh, that's... Uh, you did <laughs> right, you nail, on the, nail on the head there. Um, I do. I love, I love Naomi too. That's a, um, it's a great classic golf course that we've got here in New Zealand. It's been around for ages and... Um, you know, we're pretty lucky that a lot of our Charles Tour events now are on some pretty historical golf courses. That we're playing uh, one or two golf clubs in a couple of weeks, and then we're back to Hastings uh, a few weeks after that. Um, but yeah, to answer the question about what my favourite would be, that's a tough one because we've actually got quite a few really good ones now. Um, you know, but if I'm not to pick, if I'm not to pick one of the you know, the top ones like Atari or Jack's Point or anything mm-hmm. like that, I'd have to probably say. I don't know, hard to go past Royal Takapuna for me. That's kind of where I, you know, learnt my trade. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, now that's, I, I always enjoy going there with the boys, bit of a laugh, but um, I don't know, you kind of put me on the spot there. I don't want to give you, you know, <laughs> sort of answer, but, um, you know, I'll stick with probably Takapuna or Pukipuki, mate. That's where I grew up playing, so. Beautiful. Uh, you've got a few other fingers and pies, mate. You're part of the, the grip and rip. Grip and Rip crew. Um, there's been a lot of social media golf groups that have been getting picked up by major yeah. sponsors recently. I think the Barstool Boys just signed with uh, with TaylorMade, all kitted out in their stale stuff. Uh, getting a group like that together, I, I see your official title as head coach. Uh, what's the purpose behind that, mate? Is it just is it just spreading the love about getting out with your mates, and and what's it, what's it all about? Pretty much, bro. Yeah, it's so um, yeah, the Griffin Rip boys. A lot of them are pretty new to golf. Like, only been playing probably for about a year now. And um, you know, I sort of met them a year or two ago. Um, and they, you know, I kind of introduced them to golf a little bit, but they kind of caught the bug. They all play down at Waitemata and at Akarana as well. But um, the main idea for them is, you know, they're all ex footy players and that sort of thing. And I think it's, you know, once they sort of realise that it's a good chance to, you know, hang out with your mates and you know learn a new sport. That's probably the biggest thing for them as well as having something to challenge them. You know, all being pretty competitive people. But now the group, the group's grown pretty big. Like I think the the next event, which is going to be the fifth edition of the Griffin Rick Golf Days, you know, they're starting to attract you know 70, 80, 90 people to them. Jeez. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool for guys that you know haven't really known golf for that long. Um, you know, to be putting on events like that, and they run them really, really well as well. They've got a ton of sponsors supporting their event. Um, you know, it's just the start for them. They, um, you know, doing good stuff, and I'm just, you know, pretty stoked to be on board, helping them with their golf where I can, and I guess providing like a little bit of direction, you know, in the golfing scene. But, um, you know, they're they're killing it, just doing it on their own at the moment. But, um, yeah, that's as you say, mate. It's one of you know plenty of different golf groups that are out there, and it's just, you know, it's cool that social social media is kind of helping grow the game like that. 
Yeah, it is, mate. It's absolutely brilliant. It's good stuff. Um, let's talk about the big boys, guys. Have you you've played probably played a lot of golf against um, Ryan Fox, shot yep. fighter, five under overnight. He's tied for fifth. Um, but a, a guy who you probably know quite well, um, Dan Hillier, out of Royal Wellington. Um, he's sitting on two under in that tournament. Geez, he's he's playing some good golf at the moment. He is, mate. He's um, you know, this is you know, he's been playing really well in Europe the last couple of years on the Challenge Tour. He was lucky not to get his card. You know, for the DP World Tour the first year, but mm. yeah, he's someone to look for. Like he's going to be, he's got a very steady game. He's probably one of the you know the best strikers of the ball I've ever seen. And if he can get his putter going, you know, week to week, his name will feature up there, you know, most weeks, which is exciting for us Kiwis. You know, having another Kiwi to follow on tour. Um, so yeah, solid start for Dan. I think he's sitting, you know, just outside a hundredth on the race to the bike at the moment, but. He'll make a pretty big push, I reckon, over the next few months, especially you know coming back home to the NZ Open in a few weeks' time is probably going to be a bit of motivation for him as well. So, um, yeah, it's cool, mate. It's real cool to see Dan. Um, you know, I actually remember playing him. I think he was 15 or 16. I was, I was probably 19, 20, and we had a match, Harbour versus Wellington, and um, it was it was cool. He was he was level-headed. He's a great ball striker. He's a nice kid, and um, you know, he's just he's ready to take the world on, in my opinion. And when you look at that Kiwi success, like it's not just Dan, Ryan, even your, your Stephen Alker or your Lydia Ko, and you're obviously so passionate about getting people into the game that you love. How much do you think that that success is reflected in these growing numbers and more people getting out and about that you're seeing on the golf courses these days? I think it's um, it's kind of twofold. I reckon that you know having the role models and the and you know the big names out on tour competing and doing it definitely. I'd say motivates the young ones to try and aspire to be like them. Mm. And I think for the, you know, for the guys sort of my age, you know, that sort of getting into the game, I think, you know, for people that just love sport, I think it's just real cool for them to have more people that they can follow along and, mm. you know, check your scores when they wake up in the morning and that kind of thing. So, you know, we've seen the we've seen the growth of the women's game here in New Zealand, you know, thanks to Lydia probably mm. in large part. So, um, you know, having Foxy and Dan and you know, even Danny Lee and that over in the states, like it's 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 only good for the game. Um, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And um, one of the rising stars of New Zealand golf, uh, Kazuma Kabori, he um, he's just gone finish at New South Wales Golf Club, mate. He's he's ended up winning the Australian uh, Amateur Championship there, mate. Uh, have you yeah. played played with him much? Uh, what's what's the like about his game? I haven't played a heap with him, um, to be honest. But Kazuma, yeah, he he actually won the New Zealand PGA a couple of years back as an amateur as well down at um, the Pegasus Golf Club. So he. He's got a ton of game. He doesn't hit it super long, but you know, you get him inside 150 meters and on the greens, like he's, pro, I don't know, he'd be up there with the best in the world, or at least the best in this, in, you know, this part of the world. So, um, you know, if he can keep progressing, if he could get a little bit longer, but stronger, like his game, you know, he could go anywhere. I think he played pretty well in Japan last year on the Jap- Japanese tour and a start that he had. So, um, it's only a matter of time before he turns pro, and I reckon so. He'll do well. We've actually, yeah, we're pretty lucky. We've got quite a few good young amateurs at the moment that are doing some real good stuff um, that are probably on the verge of, of turning pro pretty soon. So there should be some more names to look out for as well. That's pretty exciting, mate. And you spoke about the women's games really taking off with Lydia Ko. Brooke Henderson won, won over the weekend uh, to get her, get her 2023 off to a good start, mate. Uh, she won by four shots in Florida. Um, from your side, watching Lydia Coe's competition this year, Nellie Cordes back from injury, first first time she's been healthy for some time. Minjean Lee's been in good form. Do you think this is probably going to be one of the most competitive years in women's golf for some time? I think it has to be, mate. I think the um, the number. I think the tough thing with the LPGA Tour as well is it's got 
you know, a snapshot of the, you know, some of the best players in the world. But if we, you know, if you were to jump over into Asia and go to Japan and Korea, like there's probably another 50 to 100 women that, you know, are just as good. And you kind of see that, I think, in the majors when they kind of all come together and compete. You see a lot of names that you might not recognise week to week on the LPGA Tour, but the women's game's good, man. Like they can seriously play. They'd probably, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they'd go up against the, the men in an event. Um, but, you know, as I said, like similar to, Kazuma, like you get them, you get a wedge in their hand, get a putter in their hand, and they're you know, just as good, in my opinion. It's um, it's pretty impressive how much they've improved and where the women's game's at now as well. Mm, agree wholeheartedly. And just one quick one uh, before we let you go, Cam. Uh, back on the men's game, are you Team McElroy or Team Reed? Uh, pretty comfortably on Team McElroy. <laughs> um, Do you have to say that as a PGA pro? Oh, it's not to say I dislike Patrick Reed, but I think, you know, growing up, Rory was one of one of my idols, you know, the way that he plays and swings. And I think he's, um, you know, the stuff that's going on with Live Golf and the PJ Tour and all that sort of stuff, I kind of, you know, turn a bit of a blind eye to it. But, you know, it would have been cool to see them last weekend coming down the stretch mm. if they have been, you know, playing together or, you know, got into a playoff. I think that would have made for some uh, pretty good TV. Well, first major of the year is coming up, the Masters. Uh, look, give us a hot take, mate. Who's going to take it out? hoo well, I mean, it would be pretty bloody cool if Foxy could take it out, eh? Yeah, um, true. First Masters, they'd be outstanding, you know, eh? First, first Masters, it's going to be a cool one. It's always epic when we've got a Kiwi playing in that. So, um, and that course, you know, should probably suit Foxy pretty well. You know, he hits a pretty long, amazing short game, great touch. So, you know, expect to see him up there if he can get a good look at the course and get comfortable. But, um, you know, hard to go past Max Homer um, mm-hmm. at the moment. He seems to be the man of the hour. So, um yeah, I'd have to say, off the top of my head, mate, I'll probably say those two, but you can't count Rory out either. No, indeed. Oh, you'd simply love to see that. Imagine going into a fourth day with Ryan Fox in contention. That would be absolutely glorious. Cam Jones, thank you so very much for your time. Really appreciate it. All the best for the year ahead. We'll be right back. Flow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. It's 6.27pm, you are with Kim and Mitch. Mitch, how good was it talking to Cam Jones just then? He was bloody outstanding, wasn't he? Um, good knowledge of all the, all the guys he's played against and, mm. and, and watches from afar as well. Um, but just how, how good it is to get into golf and, and hang out with your mates and how much the sport's taking off. And if, if you do want to go and see Cam for some golf lessons at the indoor range where he works, at Sweet Spot Indoor Golf North Shore, uh, based out in Rosedale there. So hit him up. Um, he's a bloody good fella, so he'll he'll help you out as well. So I reckon probably I re- help you find the group through that Kiwi Golf Club, eh? Yeah, true. I reckon they might spot you out there as well. By the sounds, I 100%. think you'd take a few lessons. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I definitely need some lessons. What do you for go? Sure. Have you got a handicap? Uh, steady eight at the moment. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. You take that. Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going going. Okay. I only play nine holes. It's mm. got a nice little nine hole membership. Yeah. Um, get out after Bubs is asleep. So it's good fun. Nice. Mm. Hey, we do thank you as well for the texts that are coming in. A reminder that we will be calling the Mitch's Millions winner not long after 6.30. So if you've got any more picks for that, pop them on in there. I see Zade has responded to your uh, request for him to do better, saying, what about you guys, multi? Chelsea to win 10-0, boosted at $3. Or Will Young to score a 50 tonight for Northern 
uh, boosted about $4 from Zaid. Yeah, I think the northern one looks like it's probably out of the equation. Uh, don't know how much play they're going to get in that game tonight. Um, I know the women's got their match in. The Hines got up on the last ball. Uh, you know, 4.5 four, 4. overs, they won by seven wickets. Uh, so chase down the 38 runs that the northern brave women scored. So... Uh, hopefully we do get a game, but I don't think if they do get a game, Will Young will have the opportunity to score 50 runs. So we shall see. But keep them coming through. We've got some really good ones here so far. Uh, and we'll try and make someone some money. That would be ideal. Also, we were we had the uh, Razine colourful moment of the week earlier in the show. Now, it was because it was the 42nd anniversary of the famous underarm bowling incident uh, earlier this week and Doug has messaged in, Hi Kim, hi Mitch, I always thought when the Chapel brothers decided to bowl underarm, they were the only Australians at that time in the whole country that were thinking straight. Mm. Taking the rules to the max, they won the game for Aussie. That's the difference between us and them. Yeah, that's a good call, and it's actually come into uh, the spotlight quite a bit recently, hasn't it, in mm. terms of the mancad and all that kind the of stuff. The spirit so, of the game. spirit of the game, and actually you just play to the rules and what rules are in front of you, and, and they they did play by the rules. So, Doug, yep, you're probably right, mate, and I probably know what side of fence you sit on with the mancad <laughs> as well. Um, but it's funny, actually, and I wonder sometimes whether I should just call myself out for potentially being a hypocrite then, because I'm one of those people who believes... Mancat is is fair game. It is within the rules. And unless they change that, I actually don't see a problem with it. Well, there you go. You are on the side of the Aussies, the Chapel Brothers. Okay, that's... You are. You are. But this is the thing. Is it it hypocritical of me to think that way about the Mancat, but to think that the underarm was an absolute disgrace? Absolutely. You are are on the side of the Aussies, the greatest cheats in the history of Australian cricket. (laughs) People are complicated. Mm. There are complexities. Mm. There are nuances. Thought and on this side, no, no, no. Oh, don't you be <laughs> bringing you that sort of attitude in here. <laughs> right, Mitch and I are going to go have some words. In the meantime, here's Johnny Mack. here on the run home with Kim and Mitch taking you through this next half hour. Mitch, goodness, you've been hard at work with your Mitch's Millions, actually. I've been very impressed at your work ethic and you also uh, have really come to the party in the team sense and going out and getting some some chippies for the team, so I appreciate that too. (laughs) I've certainly never been so generous, so whoopsies, you're showing me up here, mate. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's a contribution to the team. It is a team here with uh, yourself and, and Jacob and Kez. So, uh, yeah, you've got to, got to look after everyone, don't you? Very much so. And we very much hope as well that we will be looking after 
our Mitch's Millions winner. I will hand it over to you. Yeah, g'day. Uh, we have on the line, we have Chris on the line. And Chris, uh, if just remind our listeners what your pick was, mate. Uh, I got uh, Michael Pickens take out the sprint car champs. Yeah, you have. You have, mate. And and since um, since we read that text out, mate, he's shortened into $4 uh, from $4.50. So I'd imagine he's going to shorten up a little bit. A little bit more, so we might have to get this on quick snap, mate, uh, and fire away. Yeah. Uh, so we've. I'll start off with conservative Kim. Uh, <laughs> she's she's gone Everton Arsenal. She's gone head to head. She's gone Arsenal at a dollar thirty six. Okay, so that's Dar- conver- just consistent. What? What? She's consistent on form. Yeah, she's consistent. We're taking a, we're taking the punt from uh, BP. We're going to jump on Andrew Ty and Jason Berendorf, two wickets each, picking that the Heat are going to blow out with the travel day over to Perth, that they won't be able to score enough runs. Uh, and hopefully uh, the way Perth like to play their cricket, they will end up batting first and then putting some pressure on as well. So that's at $4. And you've got your Michael Pickens, uh, $4 for the outright winner, NZ Sprint Car Championship down there in Christchurch. And uh, we are going to jump on Greg O'Connor's Copy That tomorrow night in Melbourne at Melton. um, Meet 23, race number seven, number six, Copy That. But I haven't jumped on him for the win, mate. I've given you a little bit of room. I've gone top two for that at $2 just to make it nice. So all those four, mate, uh, at $43, putting that 50 on. Hopefully you get a return of $2,176. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be bloody good. Open. Yeah. What What do you think's the weakest one out of that, mate? Um, I actually liked all of them. To be fair. Good. I wasn't well, too upset about any of that. Yeah. Perfect. That's positive. We like that. We like that. And, and yeah. Kim wants to ask you a, a very important question. Chris. Yes. It's not that important a question, really. Uh, <laughs> but I posed it to Jason Berendorf earlier in the show. Match between yeah. in a in a fight between Jason and Mitch, who do you think would win? Hmm. <laughs> um, You've got to say Mitch. Oh, He's giving you the money. I better back Mitch. Back. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Good man. No, brilliant, mate. Um, hopefully we'll chuck that on for you now. And uh, hopefully uh, on Monday, hopefully we're calling you back and saying you're a, you're a champion, mate. You're a winner. You're $2,000 in the green. So good luck with that one. Cheers. We're looking forward to it. Beautiful. Lovely, Chris. Good luck with that, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Now, I think for you, Mitch, to be fair, a $2,500 collect, like that's... That's not outrageous. It's on the low that's, end for me. Yeah, that's that's fairly middle of the road, <laughs> I was going to say for you. So I think mm. we can take great heart out of that. Yeah. Um, Conservative Kim is not a moniker that I was hugely after, but I will take it. Okay. No, it's like, <laughs> I like it. Hey, look, Arsenal against Everton being terrible should. I know they are away. Right. They're playing in Everton, at Everton, but uh, that looks pretty good to me. Um, BP was all over the, I know he works for the TAB, but he was all over the Berendorf and Andrew Ty yeah. as a power play. If it's a blowout, Berendorf will knock off the top mm. and Andrew Ty bowls those knuckleballs and Yorkers at the death and he cleans up the tail. So that's a real big possibility. Pickens had him on yesterday. I think he's going to be in the A1 slot to win that and back that up, uh, back go back to back this year and then copy that. Greg was pretty... He was pretty uh, fired up that yeah. he needed to make a make a piece for for last week or the last couple of weeks, and he thinks that copy that copy that if it wins this one uh, could become the best sprinter uh, of uh, in Australasia. So that's outstanding. So 
Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. doesn't look too bad at all. Now, speaking of Berendorf knocking off the top, mm. I was actually looking up some of his stats earlier. Turns out he's played New Zealand once in a one-dayer. Mm. Uh, it was during the World Cup that we don't really speak of in 2019, but, you know, at least we made it further than the Aussies, uh, and knocked over both of our openers, as it turns out, Martin yeah, Guttall and Henry Nichols. Yeah, shock. Yeah. <laughs> so... There you go. The more mm. you know about the Aussie mm. bowlers. Uh, and just a note, John, who got his pick for Mitch's Millions in at 6.33pm. <sighs> Sorry, friend. Sorry. Got to be in a little bit earlier than that. So on the Friday, make sure you get them in, I think, before 630 and you are in with a shout in terms of the uh, Don't the mind it, though. It's a pretty, pretty decent bet. Um, Kiriyama uh, on the PGA Tour to win at $12 or top 10 at $1.80. Either way, he's a good bet. Yeah, I do like that, actually. I'm getting well into my golf betting, particularly those top 10, top 20s. Um, but make sure you do gamble responsibly. That's the most important thing. Yes, indeed. Now, because we are just giving things away left, right and centre here as well, it is time now for our Makita Caller of the Week. Have a listen. Let's go to Bernard now. Bernard, um, you've just made a sandwich. Um, describe it. Or ham and tomato. <laughs> oh, bit of Mollenberg or do you go White Death? What, what, what's your choice? Oh, no, no, just a baguette. Just a big old French stick, that's all. Funny. Yes, that was Bernard with his sandwich chat with Staffy, and he is our Makita Caller of the Week, winner of a 250 Makita voucher. Bernard, thank you so very much for your call, and congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, need any power tools there at the moment that that Makita voucher might be able to go on? I probably don't, but my, my brother certainly will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's always <laughs> that is always handy, mate. And um, the way Sammy, what what have your options been? And in, in what way? Sorry, your favourite sandwich option? Oh, nothing. Just whatever's in the bag in the chili bin at the time. Simple as that. <gasps> oh, fair enough. Well, we appreciate you listening. We very much appreciate you calling as well, uh, and we appreciate the sandwich making skills, frankly. So enjoy that voucher. <laughs> uh, we will be in touch. Hope you've got a good long weekend in store. Mm. Yep, yep, more sandwiches, yep. (laughs) Sensational. That's what we like to hear. That is Bernard, our caller of the week. Thank you very much. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. Do you remember when we used to sing Sha-la-la-la Just like that. 6.46pm here on The Run Home with Kim and Mitch on SENZ. And don't forget that SENZ's Super Rugby Tipping Comp for 2023 is now open. And it is open for the next three weeks before you can no longer enter I've just registered today, easy as. Uh, you could win the ultimate NZ sports experience for you and a mate with $2,500. Sign up and play now at tipping.senzradio.nz. But, Mitch, but, mm. here is my but. Now, the tipping comp itself, great, wonderful. Uh, I logged on, right? Yep. So I registered, put in my wee details, chose my name. It's very creative. Yep. I'm SENZKD. Postcode, yep. Yep, yep, all of that. Uh, and I go on to the upcoming 
games. And it turns out people are already making packs, even though the first game is until February 24 and even though we don't know team lineups or yep. anything. And you'll know uh, possibly that I'm a Chiefs supporter. Now, they're up against the Crusaders. Granted, it's an orange theory in their first game. And I know the Crusaders, the reigning champs, and I know it's in Christchurch. But so far, in the tipster's choice, 83% of people are picking the Saders. And, now, and they're probably quite smart in picking the Crusaders yeah, look, as well. It's a lot of thinking with your head. I get that. <laughs> I get these the tipping rationale. Comps, Kim, with these tipping comps, you've got to get in early because if you accidentally forget to pick your first round. Oh, yeah. That, you know, sometimes that, that tournament yeah, just, it just creeps up on you. Mm. So you've got to get that first game in underway. Um, and then you rem- remember it's on and then you can do all your other picks. So. <laughs> There you go, smart. 83% of the people out there are smart. I just, yeah, okay, fine, I get it. I understand why everything might be in their favour, but I'm obviously going to pick with my heart uh, because that's how I roll, and it would just be nice to feel like I've got got some support. Mm. I mean, I've got 17% Mm. support at the moment Mm. from others who... Well, Presumably Gary's, it's beef. Gary Stead's picking with his heart and picking Henry Nichols still. How's that going for him? <laughs> Was that your way of bringing this around to cricket chat? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. No, that wasn't. Oh, no, like I it. Good appreciated on you. the segue. How'd you go last year? How'd you go last year? No, I wasn't in the tipping oh, comp okay. last year. I you came to the party too late. come across as one of those people who's going to uh, take it quite seriously. Yeah, I do. Mm. I was in a TVNZ tipping comp for Super Rugby once and I was stoked because I got second. Yep. Um, obviously, would have loved top spot. No, there were no winnings. It was just oh, pride. Well, that's not very cool. It was just, it was just about pride and bragging rights okay. uh, over the air. Uh, I think from recollection, whoever was out in front was like, well, yeah. well, well out in front. So it was mm. a fight for second. And I managed to get up there. I might have been tied. Anyway, the point is, I did well. So, and I was quite so what I get from that story is that you got up late in the season when everyone else stopped doing it when the other guy was way ahead. So everyone else had and, stopped doing their picks. And? Yeah, good commitment. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's Thank never you. over eh, until the fat lady sings. Love it. Sometimes it is just about mm. persistence. Okay. Well, so. I'm going to sign up, and that's about it, um, just to, to give you those bragging rights that you beat Thank me in the you. tipping comp. Oh, my gosh. Mm. You will regret that. I will, and I'm so excited for that. that. You will regret that when every week I'm just that. like, hey, David Mitch, mm. what are you, where are you sitting? Where are you sitting? True. I'm uh, second to last and you're last. Unlucky. <laughs> unlucky. Unlucky. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm probably the same as you, but I, I support the Chiefs, but I, I'm not going to uh, But you're not going heart. to pick them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the other side of the argument, and it's like a lot of people who I know who uh, bid on the Warriors, or against the Warriors, I should say, but mm. are Warriors fans, because they go, well, at least if the Warriors win, I'm happy because oh, yeah. the Warriors won. But yep. if they don't win, I make money. Yep, I can understand that. That's um, a really good betting tactic for the mentally weak. <laughs> if you always need to feel good. <laughs> Mate, if you think they're going to win and they're your team, back them in. Back in the Warriors. Come on, let's go. There he is. I, now, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, it was a Zade who came through and, mm. and said he wanted Will Young to, to score 50. I'll tell you what, Scott Kugelin's bowled one of, one of the great first overs uh, in the Super Smash. Actually, his son's come out. So, geez, if, if Will Young can get through this little period, uh, he he could be a chance. He could get an opportunity to score 50 runs. So, Zade, I apologise. I take that one back. But the wicket looks sticky. Tim Pringle, Chris Pringle's son. Mm. 
uh, who the great oh dear we go he's out <laughs> Will Young's out so Zane I do not apologise I do not apologise Will Young was never going to get 50 runs he was not good enough Tim Pringle has just got him out outstanding Hummer. Ross Taylor's in maybe he'll get 50 I'm, runs I'm actually very very happy we didn't take that pick so no we're good we're, I think we've got on the right horse here with Chris as well so uh, yeah, there we go. Two for two, the stacks. Look, that's not great for my stags. However, mm. I think Smithy's uh, multi this morning had the stags getting up over over the Northern Braves, mm. so it's not off to a great start. That multi, <laughs> it might even be the first leg. So yeah, could be a tough one for Smithy's multi. You know what the thing is though, you can't have a wonderful comeback unless you're trailing in the first place. So, bugger off. Bugger off. Bugger off. What we've established in this show is that Mitch is not a fan of my uh, sentimental theories about things. I'm actually pretty keen to get out of here. I've got the eels on one of the TVs, which I hate. I bloody hate the eels. I'm watching the Indian series against New Zealand where we've got bowled out for 66. (laughs) Terrible, terrible. I'm watching the PGA Tour. I'm a live golf fan. This is horrendous. You're a live golf fan? No, I'm just taking the piss. Just taking the piss. Just taking the piss. I was going to say, I did not know that about you, and you did not bring that up in the conversation with Cam Jones earlier. I'll tell you what, we should be trying to get over to that Live Golf event in um, Adelaide. The first one in Australia, Mm -hmm. and they are rowdy. And Live Golf Tour is all about being rowdy. Music playing, all that kind of stuff. I know it's 54 holes, people think it's a gimmick, but Bubba Watson's just come across. The only appeal to me there, because, you know, Take a stand, uh, but Adelaide sure. is not a like great... you to disagree with me. <laughs> Adelaide is a great city. I really enjoy it. No, I do. Kim, oh, no way! I'm it is the worst city. city. I'm going to throw it's a pin. You know what, Kim? I second that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. My partner's oh, from Adelaide. No Thank you very much, Mitchell. No way. Oh, we're Team Adelaide here oh, on the run no home. Yeah. So and my I... favourite BBL team's the Strikers, Mitch. Oh, sheesh. okay. So here's the thing, okay. right? Can I just have my argument, please, before the show is sure. over? Uh, mainly it's that Adelaide Oval, beautiful. So the reason I was there is Mm because I was covering the uh, inaugural day-night test between New Zealand and Australia at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, where we got trounced, so you were the Yeah, but Nathan Lyon... Nathan Lyon, remember? The nick on the Mm, bat. mm. Could have been anything. All Mm. of that sort of stuff. Drama. Anyway, beautiful sunsets. Pelicans on the river. Have you ever seen pelicans? Like most most of Australia? Yeah, but they're such a cool bird. So my little Mm. morning jog past a pelican cheered me up no end. Mm. And the city itself makes sense. It's very... uh, Grid. It's a grid. It's a grid. It's a logical city. Okay. Uh, We'll take this off air. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take this off air. When you tune in to the run home here on SCNZ, you just never know when you're going to get a battle over whether Adelaide is a great city or not. So is your favourite city in New Zealand Christchurch? No, my favourite in New Zealand is New Plymouth, but okay. I do really Outside love Christchurch. Okay. Um, and that's where mm. my fiancé Ollie is from as well, so oh, I do have to okay. say that too. But it's, it's all a great lining city. Up. It's all lining up. Oh, it's all making sense to you, isn't mm. it? Mm. You'd be a Hobart fan, I reckon. <laughs> what the? No, that's the second, so arena. the second worst city. <laughs> Actually, I also have a lot of time oh, for Kim, Tasmania, Kim, whatever Kim, that says Kim. about me. It's beautiful, okay. natural, gorgeous. Anyway, that's it from us. Thank you so much for your time here on The Run Home this Friday. Hope you have a wonderful long weekend ahead and it can start the right way. Don't touch the dial. 9pm, we have coverage of the Adelaide 36ers versus Sydney Kings here on SENZ.